Well, if you were coming out to Hutton Orbital for Galactic Bookfast today, then you've missed it. That was last week, and we were all too hammered to put a show on. Since no one can actually remember what happened, we've reviewed the security footage, and it, it wasn't pretty. Rudolf Hooker went for a little lie down on the baggage collection carousel in the arrival lounge, and ended up being sold in an auction of unclaimed luggage. The apology officer got hold of a hoverboard, set everything to max, and was last seen screaming along the parade. That was a week ago. Wilma ended up in the budget clones for you birthing pool because she thought it was a jacuzzi, and insisted on being called the Queen of the Clones. Flossie was selling her own bathtub bookfast, but it melted the hole through the bath and three floors of the station, so we, um, she had to stop. Juan Kerr took control of the defence turrets and blasted a continent-sized cock and balls onto the surface of Eden. Sandy Crevice took over Karaoke You Like, locked the doors and belted out a series of his favourites across the station PA system. Station security treated this as a hostage-taking scenario and tear-gassed the whole lot of them before he got to my way, for which they have the thanks of everybody on the station. Gusto the Clown was seen, seemed unaffected by Bookfast Day, just a normal day for him, sitting in the corner swearing under his breath, making rude balloon shapes and causing traffic jams as he trundles along the vehicle corridors on his little tricycle. The footage cuts to Studio 5, and floor mopping guy can be seen clearing away the empties before giving the place a deep clean. He stops, writes a note on a piece of card, and holds it up to the camera. It's a note for Rudolph, and it reads... Our mics are... live! I'm Rudolf Hucker, your host for the evening, and I've been hired out to Hutton News for the evening. I'm Wilma Fingerdoo, and along with my army of clone attendants, I'll be adding a touch of class to tonight's proceedings. Now, who's got the angle grinder? My bunions are giving me jip. I'm Mia Harkness, and I need new batteries for my hoverboard. I'm Hwang Kerr, and I find the best way to avoid a hangover is to stay drunk. I'm Norma Snockers, and I've been bathing in homemade book fast for a week, so no naked flames. I'm Sandy Gravis, and I know a song that'll really get on your nerves. Well, to be fair, that's any song when I sing it. OK, before he launches into another rendition of Delilah, let's get on to the headlines. If you're wondering what a one-ton banana... A glaive, a poster of Hudson with silly glasses, a big chart, an aardvark named Alan, and a mug have in common. Wonder no longer. Hot-footing it to the infirmary after floor avoidance fail. Sinks in the pink as engineers boost their capacity. Too hot, too messy, week 42 update. Celebrity chef's smoothie misadventure with Thargoid glaive power. Thargoid powered smoothie machine sparks controversy and protests. 
federal presidential candidates getting the hang of this campaigning. Atrus is back with yet more Thargoid news for the week. And I'll be rounding off with a cursory glance at Hutton's systems. First up in today's news, we bring you a cautionary tale that combines childhood nostalgia, hazardous playtime and a dash of common sense. It's time for the reminder. Please, for the love of all that's sane and intact, do not play the game The Floor is Lava with real lava. Now, we've all played the innocent childhood game where you imagine the floor transforming into a bubbling pool of molten lava, and your only chance of survival is to gracefully navigate the room by leaping from one safe spot to another. It's a game that stirs our imaginations and tests our agility, but there's an important distinction to be made. The floor in that game is not made of actual lava. Believe it or not, there have been reports from Nurse Wyeth over at the Hutton Infirmary of a few, okay, one, intrepid, or perhaps misguided soul, attempting to recreate this childhood game using real lava. Yes, you read that correctly. L-A-V-A. The sizzling, scorching, rock-melting substance that has no business being anywhere near your living room or any other place where humans typically reside. So, let's take a moment to reflect on the numerous reasons why this is a phenomenally terrible idea, shall we? Reason one. Lava is hot. Like, really, really hot. Yes, in case you missed the memo, lava is molten rock spewed forth from a volcano. It reaches temperatures that could rival the surface of the sun. OK, maybe not that hot, but you get the point. Touching real lava would result in immediate agonising pain, and at best the kind of injury that would make you the subject of cautionary campfire tales and news articles. Reason two. Lava does not respect carpeting or furniture. Now, here at Hutton, we are not claiming to be interior design experts, but I'm fairly certain that your lovely Persian rug or plush recliner was not designed to withstand the intense heat and destructive power of molten rock. The resulting mess would not only ruin your furniture, but likely result in the kind of insurance claim that makes insurance agents cringe and reconsider their life choices. Reason 3. Lava is not a respecter of personal safety. Imagine, if you will, leaping from your coffee table to your couch, the exhilaration of narrowly escaping, escaping the sizzling embrace of the lava beneath your feet. Now replace that imaginary lava with the real thing. Suddenly, that leap of faith transforms into a leap of goodbye, cruel world, as you hurtle towards a certain fiery demise. Not exactly the picture of fun and games, is it? Reason four. Lava-proof hazmat suits are hard to find, and probably don't exist. Let's say, for argument's sake, that you're a die-hard thrill-seeker who is fully committed to the idea of playing The Floor is Lava with the real deal. Your first step, no pun intended, would be to locate a lava-proof hazmat suit. Spoiler alert, it doesn't exist. 
Not only would you be risking life and limb, but you'd also be risking a considerable dent in your bank account as you futilely search for protective gear that cannot protect you from certain doom. All in all, and even with the benefit of zero gravity at Hutton Orbital, meaning you could potentially sail serenely over the lava that you've somehow managed to pour all over the floor, or maybe just melt using a portable beam laser, the chance of you careening off a piece of scenery and putting a foot down to steady yourself is quite high. In potentially unrelated news, if anyone's in the market for a piece of modern art that in rock form resembles a lounge carpet with a footprint right in the middle of it, they should write to one Sandrine, care of Amelia Hawke, Hutton Orbital, in orbit around Eden, Proxima Centauri, somewhere near Sol. We're reliably informed that it has now cooled, but you'll need to bring your own lifting gear and maybe an art cutter to hack the doorway into the right shape. Oh, and Nurse Wyeth was asking whether anyone could bring a shipment of cooling lotion and bandages to the station, as all of hers have been used up. Pilots throughout the galaxy breathed a sigh of relief just over a week ago, when galactic engineers lifted their embargo on their cunning caustic heats and capacity upgrades, and once again allowed commanders to soak up the incoming sticky goo that little bit more for each foray into the Thargoid maelstroms. With pilots heading deeper and deeper into the maelstroms and indeed over recent weeks taking their space selfie stick, the spelfie stick, right to the titans at the heart, yet more protection was needed against the ongoing caustic onslaught. With barrages of missiles being fired from titans as well as passing glaives who appear to have an endless supply of sticky green goo to fling in our direction, anything that lets a pilot live long enough to experience the big Tesla coil blast of doom from the titan is a good thing. Whilst, like the caustic clouds, the likelihood of surviving one of these is negligible, it has given galactic streamers and astrophotographers some of the most stunning pictures to date. Never has your impending doom looked quite as pretty. While some commanders may have been visiting Eddie Lee Wise and Sons, plus his daughters, latest venture into their tartan for your ship emporium over in Lave to be able to dress up like a Thargoid to avoid detection, the caustic sinks are a proven way to stem the incoming corrosion on your ship. Comprising a big bucket and computer-powered squeegee combo, as well as a nice coiled meta-alloy elastic band to yeet the bucket as far away as possible, the engineering upgrade means you get one more bucket than normal, giving you those precious extra few minutes. There are rumours that, hot in the heels of the Thargoid Wave Avoiding Suppression Kit, the bucket and squeegee upgrade for your caustic sinks, there's a new item coming. A scanner that spreads wide enough to work out what the blazes the Titans have made of. They are very big. And of course, with a refresh rate fast enough to track and scan a passing glaive before it turns you into a big pile of space scrap. Scrap, not crap. Whether we're getting a big spoon for the custard pot at the centre or any other engineered wizardry remains to be seen. But for the time being, you just have to be content with going, Wow! at your nearest Titan. After 42 weeks or nine-ish months, uh, too hot, too messy, the Hutton-led initiative to deliver a Hutton mug and Centauri Megagin to all the stations of the galaxy has achieved over 75,000 deliveries. 
1400 for the second week in a row, deliveries have been up for a month after the previous low, and the four-week average is up by 110 to 1344 deliveries a week. Again, no new commanders have joined the effort this week, leaving the numbers signed up at 288 commanders, representing 95 squadrons. Hutton still has the largest contingent, and now with 92 commanders who have delivered 39,500 mugs, more than half the total. And thanks go to all the other squadrons taking part and delivering the other... almost half. The Buckyball Racing Club are still in second place with over 4,400, the Winged Azars are holding third with over 3,000, and the Paladins are in fourth with 1,800. The Burpit are 300 behind them in fifth, and the Anti-Xeno Initiative were closing fast on the Burrs, only 150 uh, behind them, but then the One Commander, the Order of the Twelfth, has overtaken them into sixth. The Satyria Corps are eighth, and the Undead are ninth, concluding the 1000 Club. Will Bandicut's mug win spur them on to make Jedi Inc. a new member next week? Him? The one with no life is still leading the deliveries table with almost ten and a half thousand mugs delivered. Some say that he still thinks the first ten thousand mugs will be the hardest. Waller eighty one is second with almost nine thousand deliveries ahead of Nem in third with over fifty seven hundred, with Shea Blackwood in fourth place with almost forty four hundred ahead of Infinite Dreamer in fifth with almost twenty eight hundred. Sinister Hedgehog is joint ninth after catching the stationary for months Mouse 8287, who was previously third when they mysteriously ceased deliveries. But they in turn are being chased hard by Talky Mouse, uh, no relation I'm reliably informed, in 11th who is trailing them by only 30 mugs. High Job has been chucking them out this week like a hyperactive Hermes driver and will be the one to watch in future. The 1000 Club still has 13 members. Of course, we know all this because it's tracked live in the Too Hot, Too Messy event in the Hot Helper. In addition to trying to impress the Vista Genoics lady with your mugging prowess, and let's face it, she's only really interested in your concha labiata, there's a chance to win a real-world handle at a jaunty ankle dishwasher safe self-heating hot mug. Any commander that delivers 10 mugs and gin in the weekly Thursday to Thursday period will be entered into the next week's draw to win a real hot mug, unless of course you already have one. 41 lucky commanders have accomplished this so far and you can see a little golden mug next to their names in the top commanders table. Last week's winner was The Burke, so keep listening for this week's winner to be announced in the banter bit after the news. If you had delivered 10 mugs and gin in every week since the start, nine months ago, you'd have racked up at least 420 deliveries. And only 30, or just 1 in 10 of signed up commanders, have managed this. If you haven't, why not give it a try and share the burden? In order to join in the fun, you'll need to sign up by downloading the Hutton Helper from hot.forthemug.com forward slash download. And then you can sign up and your mug and gin deliveries will be automatically registered for you by Antares' non-GMO grass-fed quasi-sentient replicant hamsters, which come with a limited lifespan for real lab-grown fur. In a bizarre and ambitious culinary experiment gone wrong, the renowned galactic celebrity chef, Chef Gordon Slamsey, Known for his fiery temper and meat hammer wit, 
recently attempted to create the ultimate smoothie machine powered by the otherworldly technology of the Thargoid Glaive. Let's just say that the results were interesting. Chef, with his signature meta-alloy apron and a mischievous gleam in his eyes, had the audacious idea of harnessing the raw power of the Thargoid Glaive to create a gargantuan smoothie machine capable of blending anything in its path. He believed that infusing the smoothies with a touch of extraterrestrial energy would give them an otherworldly taste that would tantalise even the most discerning palates. Equipped with his trusted spatula and a team of wide-eyed assistants, Chef Slamsey embarked on his plan. After enlisting a number of the more thrill-seeking pilots of the Anti-Xeno Initiative, a giant space speed trap, and a big butterfly net, they managed to capture an intact glaive from the area around the Oya Maelstrom. It, it, it escaped after one lightning attack melted the handle, but the pilots were able to pin it to the ground using a number of Type 7s rigged with Thargoid-proof bullhorns. This mission completed with little loss of life and only a few rebuys, the Thargoid Glaive was carefully integrated into the meta-alloy protected machinery in orbit around a nearby planet. Sparks flew and the contraption roared to life with an ominous hum. The grand unveiling of the Thargoid Glaive powered giant smoothie machine drew a crowd of food enthusiasts and skeptics alike. The excitement in the air was palpable, mingling with the scent of freshly picked fruits, vegetables and a hint of caustic green. Little did the spectators know that they were about to witness a spectacle that would forever be etched into their gastronomic memories. Chef Slamsey, with his flair for the dramatic, approached the smoothie machine in his fully prepared and rather ostentatious mamba. At his command, a passing Type 9 tossed an assortment of vibrant fruits into the maw of the contraption. The Thargoid Glaive's energy crackled, surged and span lending an eerie glow to the proceedings. With a flick of a switch, the giant blades turned the innocent fruits into a swirling vortex of pulpy chaos, accompanied by some very angry Thargoid noises. Or, or maybe their equivalent of om nom 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 nom. However, the combination of Thargoid glaive power and the sheer force of the machine proved to be too much for the unsuspecting fruits. Pineapples were launched into orbit, strawberries ricocheted off the walls, and banana-shaped dents appeared in the walls of the gargantuan glaive-powered smoothie machine. The chaos was akin to a fruit-based fireworks display gone awry. To make matters worse, Chef Slamsey's assistants were caught in the crossfire. One poor soul in an attempt to corral an errant orange found himself spinning like a human smoothie within the machine. The resulting concoction became known as the Blender Blast-Off Special, a smoothie that left customers questioning their life choices and contemplating the meaning of centrifugal force. Amidst the chaos, Chef Slamsey remained surprisingly composed. With a hearty laugh and a twinkle in his eye, he proclaimed, Well, that's what you call blending with flair. His irreverent humour did little to alleviate the sticky mess that now covered the machine and most of the surrounding space mainly as the lid wasn't on properly, but it certainly lightened the mood. Despite the smoothie machine disaster, Chef Slamsey remains undeterred. Rumour has it that he is already devising a new culinary contraption involving Thargoid sensor technology and a whole lot of spices. Only time will tell if 
the gastronomic marvels or mishaps await us in his relentless pursuit of culinary excellence. Oh, and if anyone knows where in the galaxy he managed to find those one-ton bananas, the Galnet Rares Digest would love to hear about it. So, if you ever find yourself in the vicinity of Chef Slamsey's kitchen, buckle up and prepare for a culinary adventure like no other. Just be sure to keep a safe distance from any Thargoid-powered machinery, unless you're willing to risk being blended into a smoothie of intergalactic proportions. Bon appétit! Breaking news! In the wake of Potty Mouth's Chef Slams' ill-fated Thargoid Glaive-powered smoothie machine experiment, the galactic culinary community has found itself embroiled embroiled in a heated debate over the ethical implications of harnessing Thargoid technology for gastronomic endeavours. As expected, the Prozenogzine-Thargoid lovers vehemently voiced their objections, leading to a series of protests and even an audacious attack on the colossal smoothie contraption. Proclaiming that Thargoids are friends, not ingredients, Passionate activists, clad in vibrant Save the Thargoids t-shirts, took to the space lanes to protest against Chef Slamsey's brazen use of Thargoid technology in the pursuit of culinary innovation. Chanting slogans and brandishing signs that read, Hands off our Thargoids! and Thargoids deserve respect not to be blended. The protesters sought to raise awareness about the potential harm inflicted upon these enigmatic extraterrestrial beings. While the protests were mostly peaceful, there were a few incidents where things had got a bit out of hand. In a particularly daring act of defiance, a group of activists infiltrated Chef Slamsey's kitchen, fortress armed with nothing but determination and caustic resistance suits. They managed to sneak past the kitchen staff, bypass security systems and make their way to the gargantuan smoothie machine. Unleashing their fury, activists unleashed a barrage of missiles and plasma attacks upon the machine, hoping to disable it and save the Thargoids from further exploitation. The resulting chaos resembled a scene from an intergalactic action movie, with smoothie ingredients and Thargoid technology colliding in a whirlwind of destruction. Despite their violent efforts, the protesters were eventually apprehended by security personnel and escorted to the nearest penitentiary. Chef Slamsey, undeterred by his the commotion stood defiantly amid the chaos, an unyielding spatula in hand, ready to defend his Thargoid-infused culinary vision. He may have used some rather choice language, which isn't suitable for broadcast before or even during the watershed, but may have alluded to the dodgy parentage of the protesters and what they can do with his giant space banana. Without lube. The incident triggered a broader conversation within the galactic community about the ethical treatment of Thargoids and the boundaries of culinary exploration. 
supporters of Chef Slamsey argued that the Thargoid lathe-powered smoothie machine was an artistic expression of culinary innovation, pushing the boundaries of flavour and texture in unimaginable ways. On the other hand, critics maintained that Thargoids should be revered, not consumed, as they represent an important and mysterious element of the galaxy's ecosystem. They insisted that alternative methods should be explored to ap appreciate Thargoids, such as promoting interspecies communication and scientific study. The Thargoid-powered smoothie machine controversy has left the culinary world divided. Some establishments have embraced the daring fusion of Thargoid technology and gastronomy, offering dishes like Xenotelite smoothie supplies or alien-infusion fruit blast on their menus. Others, however, have taken a firm stance against such practices, vowing to maintain a Thargoid-friendly environment and promote conservation efforts. As the debate rages on, one thing is certain. The Thargoid-powered smoothie machine has sparked more than just controversy. It has ignited a fierce passion for protecting these en enigmatic beings. Whether they're to be loved, feared or sipped through a straw, the fate of the Thargoids rests in the delicate balance between culinary exploration and ethical considerations. In the end, the galactic culinary community must navigate this complex terrain, seeking harmony between gastronomic innovation and respecting the wonders of the universe. Perhaps a compromise can be reached, where Thargoid-friendly ingredients and cooking techniques coexist with the culinary visionaries. Federal presidential candidates appear to be getting the hang of this campaigning lark this week. A, Gal a Galnet News has been reporting that they've been appealing to federal voters, which is nice, given the fact that the only votes that count are indeed from federal citizens, as long as they bring their ID. Oh, and as long as they're not mad, unless they're pre the president, in which case that's okay or under the age of 100, and therefore not likely to vote for the current president. Or have ever written anything disparaging about Hudson. Or ever hit like on a photo of the opposition candidates. Or own a Hutton mug. But everyone apart from them can vote. As long as they serve in the military. Anyway, the candidates are appealing to them. Uh, a number of them had to do a galactic facepalm as they spent a small fortune in Void Opal's leafleting Imperial citizens. And one had apparently written to the Alliance. That letter got lost in the post as everyone's forgotten where the Alliance actually are. But at least one candidate has decided to pin his candidacy for president on a single issue. In his case, he's declared war on everyone's favourite federal daytime cartoon animal, Alan the Aardvark, for failing to uphold the federal values of bigotry, xenophobia and governmental interference. One particular episode, where Alan gives an imperial ant a corner of his cheese sandwich, is said to have triggered the candidate's ire, as according to him, the only good bug is a dead bug. 
Others have been practicing those age-old federal campaign trail tricks of kissing babies, licking windows, denying that they've got any skeletons in their closets, and of course taking pot shots at their fellow candidates. Federal security services have had to remind them that yeeting live mines instead of rotten fruit at your opposition is not acceptable, mainly as it damages nearby buildings and can't be washed off with a power spray. Hudson, meanwhile, is taking a completely different tack. He has announced that the elections are to be postponed, while the special military operation against the Thargoids is ongoing. And no, he doesn't know when it will end, but at the current rate, he could be keeping that seat warm for a good while longer. Unless we work out how to enter the Titan Custard Pot, trademark the pink wafer, or stick a bung in it long enough to stop more interceptors spawning. Sick of the powerplay portrait of Hudson? I'm afraid you'll have to put up with it a little while longer. But we do have an ample supply of digital marker pens, so you can draw glasses and a moustache on his face in your own cockpit. Good evening, truckers. Atrus5060 reporting in with the latest updates on the Thargoid War. Mode Alliance managed to fully contain the spread of Thargoids in Tyrannus and Aegis begins a very personal campaign to let us know of a new module to come. How exciting. Starting off tonight's update, Aegis saw fit to send all CMDR commanders a very personalised message saying they would atone for the mistakes of the past. That was very naughty, wasn't it? And focus more as a scientific organisation first. How lovely. And a military operation second. Alongside this very heartfelt message was the news that they're also developing a new version of Xeno's scanner. Probably goes beep, which recently saw an upgrade in scan range a while back when Professor Palin, he's lovely, you know, makes wonderful cucumber sandwiches, realised he could just increase the power to it to make it read Thargoid ships from two kilometres instead of the old 500 metre limit. This new module will be specifically designed around scanning the Thargoid Titans. They're ever so big in the heart of the Maelstroms, with hopes that it'll reveal some sort of weakness that will give us an edge to finally rid ourselves of these Maelstroms once and for all. The broader AX community, or is that the Axe community? Anyway, they saw a big week of victories with 55, yes, count them all, 55 systems across all the maelstroms defended from the Thargoids. Yay! The Oya battle group continues to impress every week as they quickly clear any threats and manage to even retake Thargoid control systems. Everyone give a little cheer. Hackswing had a very good week alongside his allies in the Mode Alliance, or is that M-O-D-E, clearing seven systems of Thargoid threat near the Tyrannis Maelstrom. We successfully defended the Peeny, Leruju, Imetu, Awara, 63-Eridani, Namayu, HR1812 in Senocidi systems, leaving Tyrannus with no active invasions this week. This run of success has boosted morale amongst the members of MODE, or M-O-D-E, whichever, it's in capital letters anyway, and we hope to continue this good run near the Cocky Joe Maelstrom, where M-O-D-E, or MODE, will start this week's efforts.
Good job. Hackswing, your orders for this week will be to defend Col 285, Sector AF-EB13-5. I'll give you time to get a pen. Yeah, there you go. Col 285, Sector AF-EB13-5. And Col 285, Sector YTF-B12-3 from Thargoid Invasion. We will then move on to any populated alert systems in the area. And following those, we're then going to move back to the Tyrannus Maelstrom to clear any remaining alerts there. I hope you were paying attention. Call 285 Sector AF-EB13-5 Bertha. I'm going to call it Bertha. Only has planetary bases, so we breathe a little easier, knowing there'll be no Thargon swarms to contend with. That's lovely, isn't it? However, we will have to watch out for those nasty glaives and maybe that chef fella. Prep your ships and see you out there, truckers. For the mug! Seven systems are proving to be problem children this week, but the board, known as the Master Display Threat Situation Control Monitoring Panel for short, remains fairly clear with only one active adverse state and none pending. More on those stories coming up. Just dipping below 40% two weeks ago, Ross 671 continued its gradual descent with a full-on freakfall plummet through the 30s to 29, where it came to a shuddering halt last week and where it has remained since. Will it continue to fall? Who knows? Tune in next week to find out. A civil war has just started which is locking up 30% of system influence, so leave that to resolve itself before going in there next week to boost Hutton's fortunes. Previous low system on the pole, Stein 2051, benefited from a brief period of boosting, reaching 36, but has since fallen back to 30, just a point above Ross 671. A war between two factions will take until the weekend to play out, locking up a third of system influence. After a good couple of weeks, almost lifting out of the zone of concern, 36 off Yugi is still recovering from a terrorist attack, falling back to 32, and with the Sol Workers Party only 7 points behind, it's a good time to get in and boost Alvin's second newest system. Hill Parsai continues its doldrum dwelling still sitting on 33, having not moved at all for two weeks. The war is due to finish imminently, so jump in there and boost influence. LP525-39, which lost another point in addition to two points last week, ended up on 34. Due to faction squabbling, only 10% of the system's influence is available to exploit, so leave it until it dies down there. Also not moving is the notoriously hard-to-move Epsilon Indy, which also lost a point, leaving it on 36. The nearest faction is more than 20 points behind, so there's no immediate concern. Notice how we don't talk about Barnard's star much these days. Well, now we do, as it was living the high life on 42, but lost 5 points in the week to drop it back into familiar territory. PSPF-LF2 is under terrorist attack, so if you want to re-equip your non-AX weapons for a while, jump in there and shoot something that spurts red goo instead of green. At the overachieving end of the Hutton Systems table, we have four systems above 60%. And priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, truck it 0.14 light years to boost 36 off Yuki. If you want to shoot something, shoot some terrorists in PSPF-LF2.
And, oh, we're back in the studio. Oh, only a few seams there. Invisible seams, mine, but a few seams. Um, sorry about the backing music there, but the, the button broke. Uh, came off in my hand. But um, it's feeling better now, so I managed to get it wibbling away most of the way through Atrus. Anyway, I am joined in the studio this evening, as if you're watching on the Twitch stream, you can see from the top of the screen by Amelia. Good evening, Amelia. Hello. Now, floor and lava. Yes, her foot is bandaged. Yes. Like, you know, three times the size of her foot style cartoonish bandage. Yes, but I'm assuming, you know, not playing the floor is lava in your house is is as a lesson that's been well learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well learned. Not a good idea. No, definitely not a good idea. Um, well, we, we're glad that Sandrine is... As it is <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that, that Sandrine is feel, feeling better anyway. And, um, yeah, no, no more trips to the nearest um, Burns unit for you. Fingers crossed. Yeah, other than take the bandages off, of course. Well, I mean, yeah, but I mean... Other than that, yeah. let's hope I don't see those people again. Yeah, well, you just just give Sandrine a, a hug from us and go there, there, and and, and things. I will. Air hospitals get a great bunge unit. It's oh, not what? Air hospitals get a great bunge unit. What? Rabby burns. Yeah, it doesn't deal with buns. It's just named after them. It's really good. Oh, Rabby. Oh, yes. I thought it was a, yeah, but Sandrine's not a timorous wee beastie or whatever the wording is. No, well, not, that's no. up for debate, really, isn't it? Could have been for carpet burns. Not really. No. Yeah. Anyway, well, joining us also in the studio, the second image on screen at the moment, we, we have Commander Flossie. Hello. We we see we, it was a bit of a convenient one for you last week because, um, as we'll find out during your your CG bit, uh, d d there was a little bit of a gap. But now you're back with a bang with with some more CG news later in the show. Yes, certainly am. Yeah. yeah, and you did get your "Don't be mean to Thargoids" news article as well. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, not that you sit on the fence at all, but you're not really an AX pilot very much, are you? No. No, but have you been trying any of the on-foot bits? And we know you're a terror with a rocket launcher to the back of the head. <laughs> I I haven't done any of the on-foot stuff where there's any type of fire going around. Right. Well, yeah. So Flossie's definitely in the don't be mean to don't be mean to Thargoids sort of camp um, in, in yeah. the Hutton team. Yes. Yeah. Give, give them hugs, but only if they're not shooting caustic things at you, and in which case just run away. Or if you can't run away, um. um from glaives because you can't run away from glaives can you combat dog <laughs> oh, oh we don't condone that kind of behavior I mean, just yank the eject lever and throw a hunt mug at them while you yell things and um yeah self-destruct always an option quick yeah. quick trip back to the nearest station anyway sitting next to flossy we have the the ever static apology officer hello hello um, and, and um, we do maybe later in this bit uh, have to talk about your hoverboard Yes, yes. Which, which you now um, have. It finally made its you know, went its way up north of the wall to North Britain. Yeah, it's up in a corner of the living room just now. I can't get it down for the ceiling. You're right. Okay. Well, uh, maybe the batteries will run out sometime soon. Yeah, um, possibly. And obviously, we we missed your report last week, so we we might have a double bubble on some winners. Yeah, or... yeah, double bubble, double yeah. the yeah, double the weight, double the winners. Fantastic. And uh, next to you, we have the uh, Lithobreaker, who has now come down from the Apex taxi that got stuck. It was Hello. in a loop yes. somewhere over Seoul. And, and said something about waiting for docking permission and sat there for 12 hours. Yeah, just as just we were going towards show o'clock as well. Uh, mm. So between thee and me, uh, both of us were stuck uh, elsewhere. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but fun. yeah, you, you you have landed now, and you're back from parts foreign. Yep, back in the England, good old sunny England. Yep, also South known Britain. as South Britain for those of them, yeah. those of them west over the pondy yeah. bit, you know. Um, yeah. And then we have Commander Chicks. Good evening. Hello. Now, I, I did see a photograph of you standing astride a massive cannon. Oh, yes. And earlier yeah. in the week. Well, it's three, actually. I, we're not talking about cannon interstellar, but, you know, the other kind. <laughs> the Mark 23 breech loading naval guns. A what with a what with a what? Mark 23 breech loading naval guns. If you don't know what a Mark 23 breech loading naval gun is, fire six inch shells, I don't know where the world's coming from. 14.2 miles. Yeah, yeah. Quite clearly, it's a naval gun which is breech loading and it's Mark 23. That's yeah, right. been, you mean the version. Mark 23 breech loading naval gun? Yeah, not the, that's 21. the one. Yeah, not the 21. They were twin turrets. Is that the six inch? Yep. Yeah, that's the yeah, one. I thought it maybe. Yeah, so that that of, that of course is the is the things it yeets, especially for the benefit of Little Grey, who thinks the word yeet should be used a lot more in Hutton orbital radio shows. It's a very good yeah. word. Yeah, it is. It, it is. is a good word. Uh, it, it, 153 pounds, or what's that? It's 50 that's kilos, cheap. Fifty kilos in new money. Yeah. About seventy-five kilos. No, it's, it's uh, give or take. Oh, so one of those seven. numbers, and for those of you measuring in in um, kilos, in Merkin measurements, that's uh, two bananas and an aardvark. That's right. Yeah, yeah, but what size a banana? No, it's three Stand, of a giraffe. Sta- standard. Oh, banana. standard banana. Standard yes. banana. Metric yes. banana. Um, yeah, uh, no, message from Volcarius. No, we're not making yeet this week's word. You'll have to listen out what this week's word is at the oh, end of this segment. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah, we'll the the script week's later. Box. Now, uh, technically speaking, we do have a green room this week. Uh, oh, you know, I forgot me. Uh, and there's me. There you go. Um, right, and we do have Ray. a green room week this so week. Who are you? Yeah, who am I? I was away, but yeah, I'm back. Who let you in? Yeah, well, I don't know. Whoever it is who's um, judging the hours that the uh, the crew are keeping and paying them by the hour, given that the shows I'm normally on are the longer ones. Anyway, um, yeah, so... We also have drops. We have drops, Yes, have, yes. It's not a medical if condition. Collecting drop, <laughs> yep. If anyone's collecting drops, we've been on for more than half an hour, so you can go and hit claim and start on the second one. Yep. Well, it's hot, God, because mm-hmm. mine, mine seems to be stuck because it keeps. They stop until you I'm, hit claim. Well, I'm. St- yeah, I know, but I keep refreshing. And it's I think st- you just have to watch multiple 60%. weeks. I don't know. It is a green room week, and you are here. I think yes. we'll probably get through all of them tonight. Yeah, mm. pro- probably, probably will. Yeah. Um, when it gets stuck, it's usually because you're not actually watching the Twitch. You have yeah, to be watching sure it's not the a background Twitch. tab. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. Wrong. You can't cheat. Well, it has to be. So, how can I read the script? And... Yeah, <laughs> ah. I know. What you Just only have one screen. Have more than one window open. Yeah, you many, many screens. Server? But anyway, for those you of you read, watching, you read um, the script. We have got scripts. Script? Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, for those of you watching on Twitch, yes, there are drops this week. Um, and uh, other than that, yes, it's Green Room Week, which means towards the end of the show, if anybody feels like it, um, do feel free to pop into the Green Room on our TeamSpeak server. Now, Flossie, the TeamSpeak server address is? Uh, TS, um, uh, fathermug.com. Yep, ts.fathermug.com. Yeah, and Amelia, what is that that Flossie's read out not? It's not a website. But it is... A TeamSpeak server. 
Yes. Um, and if when you get in there, you'll arrive in the landing pad and just pop yourself down into the uh, green room. And we'll either drag you in with us or we'll let, open the door and we'll all run into the green room later in the show to say hi. And if there's nobody there, then we all get to leave early and you don't get all your drops. Um, so, so I need to turn some things off on screen, turn some things off on, on, on screen because dun, 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 there was a live stream this week. No. no, no, not this week. Well, the live stream since the last show. They yeeted one in last week. They yes. did indeed. And uh, I've got on screen here. We have the hosts or the the, the starter hosts for this one. Uh, the well, marvelous... by default, since they seem to be the only two. Yeah, that no, splitter gambit. Two left went yes. off to play with Formula One cars or something or whatever. Whatever he's up to. Heartily disappointed that that mug on the table isn't a Hutton Orbital mug. But uh, or even the pink mug. I don't know what Sally's done with the pink mug. But... Uh, she tells she told me in the science museum that it is in a very safe place. Yes, uh, we place. we and do understand that that um, Dom Corner um, have it having left did manage to retrieve his mug mug from the lost and found. It wasn't lost. Uh, it had been pinched from his desk when he moved teams, and he had to go to the lost and found to get it back again. So he has retrieved his hut mug, and it is safe. It's... Is that some sneaky product placement, I see? Uh, well, we'll get to that bit. It is a bit, isn't it? Well, yeah, we, we, I think we'll get to that bit in, in a bit. I think it's mentioned um, after Jude's bit. Ah, that was the... Uh, yes. The draw. Yes. Right. Um, so they were they were on the stream. They were talking about this um, update. Uh, what, what are we on, 15? Well, they were talking about... First thing they were talking about was the new bait jobs. Oh, Yes. Maybe. If you I might have pictures in. of those. Yeah, you have. They're, yeah. they're there in the script. There we go. It's on screen now. Yes. Oh, is it? Um, it's like, oof. 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 Jenny's Kevin's help. Wow. Uh, Certainly um, hit you in the eye, don't they? Yeah, turn the colour down on your monitor. Do not just a colour balance on your monitor. Yeah, for those Not of you watching, now. for those of you like me with colourblind, they're sort of a, sort of a bluey grey and a grey greeny yellow. <laughs> yes. No, that's the planet. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're 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 anything but. It's the pink and yellow thing in front bright. of the planet. Yes. Yep. Yeah, so they, yeah, they they look like some freshly not yet mown grass or against some lovely sky or or, or something. Mm. No, they don't. No, no great. Really burning the retinas no. out of your. Are you talking? Yeah. It's the colorblind guy trying to describe them. You lot describe them. It, it, it's it's they swooshes. Look like somebody shredded a high vis jacket and draped it across the top of an explosion in a unicorn factory. There Bermuda, we go. Bermuda. That's that's what I'm thinking of. Bermuda shorts. That's that's the same mm. thing as Bermuda well, shorts. Well, so there's there's that one which is the meadow prairie, and then we've also got this one, another new one. Well, Which these, is yes. These are the ones oh, that yeah. you can you are getting right now. Um, yeah, I've got my first one. Sleep wrapped is there. Program stream, um, and you is can that get served with whipped cream. Yes, Quite fancy. And you can get the so they glow. The the steak actually glows in the dark. Yeah, that um, does look like a sort of greeny color, though, doesn't it? The background color looks kind of greeny rather than. So you'll get the anaconda, the asp, and the mamba um, by watching anybody who's streaming Elite Dangerous. But because Hutton is in the Elite Partner program, you'll get the cobra paint job as well. (gasps) And if your name is David Braben, that's a cobra. Yeah. Well, it's lucky it isn't then, isn't it? 
Well, funnily enough, if you're flying a snake named ship, you're going to get the snake wrap. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yay, fellas! Anyway, there's a note in here that snake wrap dessert sounds like something Amelia would eat. (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably. Have you ever had snake? Uh, Not for dessert. Not knowingly. No. It's actually not bad. And you can drink the venom too. It tastes kind of like a little like honey. Okay. Okay. Is that shortly before your insides liquefy and you die writhing on the floor? And you've done the snake. <laughs> no, it's, ve- it's it. venomous, not poisonous. Oh, it's yeah, venomous, I yeah, so. yeah, not poisonous. So as long as you haven't got any stomach ulcers, you're safe. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. Just make sure you don't have any any internal. Uh... And how do we check that? But anyway, well, so d- during venom, see what happens. <laughs> drink some snake You'll venom, find yes. out quickly. <laughs> yeah. So so during the um du- during the live stream with uh, Frontier, they they spoke about update fifteen. They spoke about there's this Thargoid Maelstrom and the Titan. Um, and then they had some special guests. We're going to talk about the special guests later, I think. But they also mentioned that they may have had a little bit of a get-together in the last few weeks as well. Uh, Commander Chicks, as you were there, guest of honour, as they say, as mentioned in the news Now articles. you tell me. Yes, yeah. <laughs> there we go. You might even be in the picture. Are you in the picture? No, we can see uh, the back of my head. Uh, that's the back of my head. We can see Arthur and Commander Wotherspoon. Can, and, uh, can you see the air, aircraft hanging from the ceiling? You see the furthest most wheel? Yes. That's the back of my head. Below. Ah, right. And I think I'm talking to Tom. The You've grown the, your hair out. The, well, I've had a haircut since. Um, I think that's Tom, the technician I'm talking to as well. You can't quite see. But anyway, there was there was a good turnout from um, uh, Frontier Team. We we did um, join as part of the EPP, the partner program. Uh, join them for a little bite to eat beforehand with um, Holly and Cat from the uh, the Frontier Team, mm. and uh, a bunch of the, the the streamers and and LCU joined us as well. Yes, uh, had a bite to eat, and then we wandered in some secret entrance in the side of the Science Museum, and we managed to lose Fiery Toad completely, because we all piled into a lift, and then it shut, and then he got lost for about an hour trying to find out where we were. It wasn't deliberate Fiery Toad, really. Um, and yeah, we, we headed upstairs. They they had a bunch of computers up there set up playing Elite. Uh, we fired up some CQC, and uh, we realised, or I realised, I didn't know how to play using an Xbox controller. Um, so, so my demonstrations were pathetic. Um, but other than that, it was lovely to see people. Yes. Um, and it was and a nice was all crowd. kinds of. There was lots of other stuff going on in on. We were way up on the in the in the loft almost. Yes. But there was an awful lot going on, on the ground floor. Most most um, sort of participants had decided they were going to throw their little bit on the ground floor. It was easy to find and get to. Um, so I went down there and I had to wander around and looked at various. You were things. taking part in the silent disco, weren't you? No, well, I I conned them by sort of dancing as if I had headphones on, which I didn't. And they were all going, yeah, 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 and I'm going, you're all idiots. They were, they the one but at least you couldn't hear the music. No, no, I couldn't. No, yeah. One, yeah. Um, but anyway, so we, we introduced Euro Elite to... There were a yes. load of new people who did make it upstairs. Then we managed to introduce mm. Elite to them. And there were, there were a bunch of um, so science students and recent graduates and all sorts. And they had no idea it had the actual Milky Way in it. And mm. we were sort of browsing around the um, the star map, sort of showing them things they'd seen through telescopes. And then we sort of flew them to one of our own systems as well. 
And which uh, one? We, we went to. I think we went to Barnard Star. Nice. As it needed some help, and uh, flew them around Barnard Star for a bit. Uh, we bumped into uh, Jack Little. Um, of of um, streaming fame as well, uh, turned up and all sorts of people. There was there was a few there were a few people there from the EDCD, the, the developer community as well, who do the third party apps and um, lots of familiar faces, uh, including a bunch of people who are also going to ECM. But we'll mention that later. Um, but Hadji, moving moving. Hadji, oh, oh, Hadji was there with a with oh my injury. goodness. He, he, oh. <laughs> He, he, he goes down to the special effect makeup Zula department, Romeo. yeah, and, and and he has his forearm done up like he's just got a horrible burn, and then walks up shaking like he's actually injured and says, I seem to have had an accident, at which point you have maybe that five second of, is he legit or is he a, you know, dead worried about our friend Hadji? And then he breaks into a grin and goes, no, it's a makeup department. So you, you rotter. You, yeah. He's, oh, he's a doctor. Of them ones. He's Sorry? A doctor. Doctor, I of got what? made made up um, to make it look like I'd have been injured. I think it was a, a fantastic con that did it once. Brilliant. Yeah, well, the, and uh, I was working this week with somebody, somebody that was one of the um, d- models for when you know doctors do their training and somebody has to pretend to be injured, mm. and mm. Um, so she's got all the photographs of her being just about every injury you could possibly imagine. Well, uh, the awesome. army use um, real amputees. Yes. So when they're blood bags and things so as you go over to them you squeeze the blood bag in their pocket and all this claret squirts and then you realize oh my god his leg really is busy fuck (laughs) and it's all done up with like a bone sticking out of it and all squirting blood (laughs) oh makeup departments this is between movies train hard fight easy yeah. Um, well, Hatch is a proper medical doctor. He's a proper so, medical doctor, yes. Or it is, was, I can't, yeah. Can I you imagine? Know. You're just about to be put under. You're there having your appendix or your kidney removed or something or swapped over. I don't know. And the sort of. And the guy in a Snoopy helmet. And the, yeah, the guy, <laughs> the guy in the leather flying helmet comes leaning over, rubbing his hands, going, Don't worry, it'll all be yeah. fine. As you start Look to what lose the makeup department did to me. Yeah, I, I went into a, I went to the theatre once and discovered that the anaesthetist was somebody I was at university with, and thought, "Oh my goodness, I've you know we've we, we've been out on the on drinking sessions. I, I, do I want this person to be anaesthetising me right now? No, <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, so you know, it was it was a marvelous meetup, a bit of a, a bit of a warm up meeting for uh, for later in the year for us. Now, um, then we went to the pub. Yeah, then we went to the... Well, you went to the pub. I had unfortunately had to get home to go to work. Um, so the next bit, you've got under under 15 spoilers. I assume you mean update 15 spoilers. No, U15. It's all about you. Oh, it, right. Oh, excellent, yeah. Yeah, and it says, those of a nervous disposition should assume the position behind the sofa. Yeah, um, yeah we should have given the warning before those paint jobs. So I, I'm going to switch the pictures over to the next bit. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. And who wants to introduce this bit? What what's what's Beetle Jude up to? Well, she's um she's produced a picture Ooh. book of all and, of her best art. Ooh. Yes, that must be a um, big book. That's all of it. So there's a just just a, don't go and look now. Well, you can, I suppose you can listen to the show and uh, look as well. But if you yeah, but if you that, do that, you won't get points to watch a paint job. Google Drive link Ooh. to. This, there's just four of the pages here, but you can go to this Google Drive oh, link and lots of pictures there, so you can have a good browse through those. Now, perhaps I wasn't paying <gasps> attention fully. 
Yeah, oh, that's I, got a lead I, I just got job. mine actually. Yes, that's got a Leapcon paid job on it. That one in the bottom right. Oh um, yeah, but there are absolutely loads and loads of, yeah. of these. There's like, I can't remember like fifty pages or something of them. But I, I, I wasn't paying attention or whether I missed them saying they're available. I don't know. We'll have to, have to find. Well, the things we do know is that Judy is going to be um, showing it off over at the ECM event later in the year, and she's mm. also going to be doing some of these paintings live in person at the event. So we can actually watch her constructing one of these awesome images on a canvas uh, live at the ECM event uh, later in the year, in August. Um, and I, I'm sure we're going to see if we can get some of these prints sort of put up around around the room as well, so people can ogle them and go, ooh, like you just did. I mean, that, that one there of the um, uh, bottom left on screen now, the spiky crystalline oh, yeah. anomalies from... Um, Actually, I quite like the one to the right of that. See where the where the, the asteroid's been blown apart? Oh, yes. See that? Well, it looks like there's the, the, lava in the middle. Anybody who says yeah. you can't hear images is, is telling a fib because you look at that and you can hear the noise, can't you? That that noise from when you're in your ship. Then uh, Amelia, you're an expert at the mining side of things. You know the noise we mean, don't you? Oh, yes. Yeah, that, that sort of warm. It's not a boom. It's sort of a thrumming warm noise. It's a whomp. I always like to call it a thum. A thum, yes. And when you your know. cockpit goes a bit wibbly afterwards, yes. And then you're disappointed that the yield wasn't as high as you wanted. That one in the top left's an asteroid base, look. It is, yes. And then the next page has got the asteroid base again, top left, uh, with it with a toast track coming out of the side of an asteroid. And uh, she's even oh, got yeah. a swoosh of the spaceships and... Oh, all sorts. They are absolutely stunning. I mean, you know, mm. Jude says, no, they're not that good. She's talking rubbish. Don't listen <laughs> yeah. to Jude when she says yeah. they're not that good. These are absolutely the best. I mean, they are... Ah, as... top, top right, the dance of the limpets. Ooh, look oh, absolutely. Uh, once again, you can hear 29. it, can't you? The whittle, yeah, whittle, yeah. whittle, whittle, whittle noise they make as they're you know, doing their thing. Little star guy stuff as well. More yeah. explosions. Anyway, so go go have a look at that link that Commander Chicks has posted, or come along to ECM and see Jude doing the art in person, or you can find Beetle Jude over on Twitter and all sorts with, with links to these things. Will we be able to buy this book? I, I don't know. I'm, I, I'm we'll, we'll find I'm out. Yeah, yes. I, would, I would definitely fork out some money for that. That's maybe maybe by, yeah. the, by the green room section we'll, we'll, have, we'll have found out, or maybe Jude can because pop up and tell us we should pay more attention. it wasn't that long ago she did me a lovely painting. Of a of my ship and a, a fiery burning station. Yeah, I've got one to the left of my yeah. left of my station here of my uh, uh, of, of my my anaconda, and in the background is one of the pulsars, and I've got the lights just right. And I, I got the screenshot and sent it to her, and it is yeah dark uh, as but beautiful. There is a burning station screen. picture later on, uh, not in, not in those four pages, but in the in the pack. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I, right, I've, I've got one of one of my dogs. Uh, talking of um, <laughs> talking of pictures, spectacular pictures. Yeah, yes. a load of stellar screenshots and and the the sort of standard. Whether people are getting used to using the uh, the, the camera suite, but they seem to get better and better every week. Yeah, or maybe I've just got a bad memory. Not every month. <laughs> No, people are getting really, really good at it. I mean, you know, the stellar photography, the, the the SPVFA guys, and and the stellar screenshot submissions have been getting better. They're month on month, they they get better. 
and the more content's put in, and particularly the ones around the thyroid maelstrom, where where it gives this um, like Tesla coil effect as it as it fires off the the Titan fires off this new thing it does. So it, it all highlights in sort of electricity, and then gives a giant Tesla coil effect. There was a beautiful screenshot in there of that one. Um, mm. So yeah, do, do go and have a look. I think it's tagged on Twitter with the stellar screenshots um, hashtag as well. Uh, and there were some goodies to win as well during the. Yeah. Uh, so the thing is, Amelia mentioned the product placement on the deck, uh, the stream deck there, and a haptic headset. Um, yeah, punches that. you in the ear every time you get shot. Yeah, a haptic headset? A haptic is it, is it leather? <laughs> with, with studs. and oh, um, yeah. So they had a couple of competitions, which are, as usual, anagrams. Misspelled uh, in one case. <laughs> yes, a yes. misspelled anagram. <laughs> Um, so people won those on. I thought all anagrams were misspelled. No, they have the. The next letter. They have the right uh, letters. Yeah, they have all the right letters. Yeah, there was an extra T in revenant. It was a trevenant. Yes. Trevenant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, revenant. Yes. Revenant. So it's a Yorkshire anagram. And then there was one of the most fascinating segments I've heard in a long time Mm. from their special guests on screen at the moment. We do have the the two guests. There was Curtis, who is the designer behind the Maelstrom Designs, Mm. and... Um, Robin from the audio team. I don't know if he's head of audio or he's on the audio team talking about the, the, the design of the, the Titans and the Maelstroms and the, the whole influence behind the, the music they were using and the sound effects and everything and, and how he was going for certain, certain vibes at certain times, you know? Yeah, it's sort of like a, like a film will draw you in with, you know... It, it was very really, filmic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Curtis was talking... Um, bollocks? <laughs> no, he absolutely was the opposite of that. Whatever the opposite of that is, he was, he was, talking, he was talking it. Talking Thargoids. Uh, so we were talking about how... I was going to say funny, but anyway. So one of the challenges is is no, you no. designing stuff now, but you need to... You know stuff's coming later, yeah. but you, don't, you haven't quite... It's yeah. a little bit like construction this. Um, you know something's coming later, but you don't quite know what. So you've got to sort of accommodate it without knowing entirely what it is. So you know you're going to add more things. So the rough translation I took from that is, there's more to come. Well, yeah, I mean, it started off, obviously, when we got the Maelstroms, and they knew there was the Titan at the heart of it. So they, they, yes. they you know, the, the design... They then drew up a Titan. The, the footsteps towards the uh, the big Titans, and yeah. yeah. And then oh, people God, have already gone in and looked at the custard pot. Uh, Sally, during this segment, called it the custard pot in the middle when it glows. <laughs> Uh, in the middle of the Titan, and Arthur was like, "We can't call it that. You're not allowed to call it that." And, and the entire three, four thousand people on watching went, "Yeah, it's called the custard pot now." Yeah, hashtag uh, custard pot. Yes. Yeah, Stir- um, stirring the pot. But the, I mean, just the way the two of them work together. To they've got the visual design and the sort of the gameplay design elements, and then you've got the the audio soundscape. And it has always been one of the greatest parts mm. of a you know elite has been the audio yeah. soundscape. Oh, the sound's always been amazing. Yeah, but there's like, this uh, sense. You, yeah, there's been a lot of stuff that's been put in the game because I remember they were talking about that about the um, the Zurara. It'd been in the game since the start, but nobody had ever found it. Well, and that's it gradually... the problem with four hundred billion systems. Yeah. Yeah. But what they did was every time they went in and did an update to the game, they improved it and brought it up to the current spec and then went away and left it again. And then I think it was about three years in, somebody tripped over it and went, oh, look what I've found. It's a banana-sized needle in a Belgium-sized haystack. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Depends on what, and, and we're talking standard banana here, not giant yeah, banana yeah, even. Yeah, not, not one ton bananas. Not even inflatable nonsense. Yeah, but yeah. there was all that stuff that was just sitting there waiting to be. There's lots of stuff just waiting to be found, you know? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, but like the, uh, the 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 soundscape they were talking about—they they wanted to go menacing and big without it being instant combat sound. Yeah. You know, they they wanted to get a sense of foreboding and size. And there were there were um, movie influences. He was talking about how they went mm. and watched a bunch of sci-fi to try and get a vibe in there. And in fact, Arthur mentioned yeah. um, some sci-fi, and, and that he hadn't used as an influence. But he's giving that vibe, and I think he took that as a compliment. That you know, some of these um, Hollywood sound. Guys and girls, well, Arthur's uh, favourite film. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that that film, yeah, yeah, that what film. What was it? Oh, I don't remember. Anyway, we, who knows? But yeah, and they were talking about so everything that. from two thousand and one vibes yeah. to you know all these kind of things as influences, um, and it, it ends up being incredibly filmic. It, it is as mm. good as something you'd see in a you know a, a top tier movie. With the with the sound as well as they want the whole thing where the hairs in the back of your neck stand up. Mm. But it's I, not. It's not actually. It's not screaming. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. You just hear it and think, "Oh no, it's going to kill me." I, oh. I, I found in. I think possibly it was only after Odyssey came out, but I found I turned the music back on while I was playing the game. I, I, I don't have it very loud. It's sort of there in the you know. It's yeah. The, the, the volume, the music volume is turned down, so it's not in your face. Um, but every now and again, you just sort of hear little bits of it come in. You think, oh, that's, that's clever. That's oh, I remember the first time. That, my, yeah, sorry. That's generally quite good for letting you know that scavengers have arrived at your base. At the base that you're. Yes. Oh, I'm only there for twenty seconds. It's to eat the mug out. You know, say it's, <laughs> I've left it with a neighbour. Yeah, but yeah, and they say, oh, you. I want a word with you. And by which time you've already lifted off and you're out of yeah, there again. Gone, yeah. Gone. If you're on All a, the scabs are shooting the crap out. Of you. Yeah. If you're on a power up mission in a base. And you're in a building, potting the pot on the boot, in and out, and then suddenly you hear the combat music. You think, "Oh no, they're here!" Yeah. Oh no, there goes my SRV because guaranteed your SRV will go before you've had a message about it. Well, I always walk into bases. I always leave my ship half a kilometer out and then walk in. Saunter, oh, I, I, I think, is the uh, the word. Well, I tend to jetpack in there and uh, rob your rocket pants. Would you? Uh, do you mean you yeet yourself in? I yeet myself into the air. What is yes. that? Using the Mark Twenty Three. No, grade five Maverick with the uh, with the jetpack. Oh, is that the six jump, inch one? Jump assist. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Um, right. Well, so there was that, um, and and then uh, we we haven't got pictures for this bit, but we we uh, I made a, a ECM trip to Glasgow to see the long missed Commander Psycho Cal. Um, I've stuck two pictures in. Yeah, and stuck... obviously the apology officer. Yes, I've stuck two pictures in. Oh, you have stuck two pictures. Let let me yeah. see if I can find the. Um, uh, two pictures in, two fingers up. Yep, and I'm just going to add those to the. Uh, yeah, and, and there we go. And where did you stick them? Oh, you stuck them there, and yeah. there. They, they, they were the um, the skateboard ones. Yeah, the ones yep. with the skateboard with no wheels. Well, let's see if we can get that one up. So the first, oh no, we have to go all the way through the list. I've got uh, a paint job. You got a paint job. A sneaky no, paint, paint job. Mamba snake trap, but dessert. Here we go. We got a picture on screen of the apology officer and uh, yours truly with a plank. Yeah, plank at the hoverboard. Yes. <laughs> which one's the, which one's the plank? The one on the well, right. Three planks. <laughs> yes. What what one of them? One of them is very two beautiful. And the other two are us. Yes. Oh, um, thanks very much. Yeah. Was, oh, that's kind of you say. 
And, <laughs> anyway, this picture. is the the EPP hoverboard that finally made its way um, yeah north of the wall, um, which we unwrapped uh, over over at the hotel next to the venue, and um, then you had to walk through uh, Glasgow carrying a decorated hover plank. Yes, with no wheels. Yeah, like a right hover plank. It was fine. I got some weird looks, but nobody actually said anything, which is remarkable for Glasgow. There we are. There's a there's a, there's a closer up picture of the it's the more station. Of a Liverpool plank with no wheels, isn't it? Yeah, mm. it, it, that yeah, one's not up on bricks. Ball. It's up on a pair of chairs. Um, but yeah, very beautiful that thing. Is a thing it really is. Yeah, re- re- really nice. And you're mounting that on the wall as a a, a piece of art. I don't think you're going to be um, yeah. hovering your way through Glasgow. No, no, no. They, I think they they maybe misjudged that. Um, client audience for that one but yeah yeah i mean yeah. have they but met most of us it's a very pretty thing and i think it's gonna i'm looking at it i was gonna put it sideways but i think it needs to be vertical to make the most of that artwork well you mean the logo will be the right way around then the logo will be the right way around station could be any way around and yeah yeah pretty much to get the logo the right way around but you know that gives me more opportunities i've been i've been trying it on the wall around various parts of the room uh, the spare room to see where it where it belongs best, and I found a couple of places that I can't quite decide on yet. But yeah. I need to find out how to hang a wheelless skateboard. I'm actually thinking what you could do is you could put a hook on the wall, right? Yeah, and put a shoelace through those holes. See the yeah, holes but then you've the got start. a nasty shoelace across the image, you know. Yeah, so, but yeah. it depends on what colour the shoelace is. You see, and it does it bends the other way, so it doesn't sit flat as well. So yeah, um, but that's why the shoelace would work quite well. You know what you need is one of those, you know, those suction cups that you put sat navs on the car dashboard or the window. One of those. Yeah, but the board is the board is bent. The board is well, it'll it'll cope with that. You can stick these things to windscreens, and they still don't use shoelace. Use fishing line. It'll be almost completely invisible. (gasps) Oh, yeah, yeah. I maybe need to put something in to stop it rubbing against. What about a one-inch bolt? I can get you one. Yeah. What about putting it on a stand and using it as an ornamental piece, like I could. around the room? Yeah, I could. I could. Yeah. Well, anyway, we, so we went for we we did the plank. Did the plank handover, and yes. then we went for dinner, a very nice Indian India key, and saw Mister Cow and Mister Move, and they are both very well. And yes. then uh, went over the next night to uh, Shay Cow. Um, for handmade burgers and hot wings, uh, followed by uh, computer gaming banter and picking up all the equipment that um, we could fit into two giant suitcases for ECM. Oh, crikey. Yep, so we we, um, we got the induction loop for those that uh, need it with hearing aids. We got a bunch of the webcams so we can see the stage on the stream. We got uh, the wireless microphone so we can walk around and talk nonsense. Um, we got all of the Artemis machines, all six Artemis, Artemis machines in the oh, luggage as well. So, um, yeah. But not the smoke machine or the... Uh, no, the smoke machine is no, banned. No, they're, they're really large, yeah. Um, and we will, we'll, we'll need to come up with a new captain's chair, you know, and then we can have, you know, somebody sitting in it going, mm, I prefer... Well, I was going to nick a, one of the big armchairs from the hotel that they have out oh, in, the, in the bar, you know, just, one of the... Just grab oh, a, that would be nice for a captain. We are muck holder grab, on grab the grab a swivel chair and pull one of the wheels off so it's wonky. That would be a great captain's chair. <laughs> <laughs> Especially prefer, the way we fly. I prefer the big yeah. armchair option. Especially, imagine you could have a button back... Like a you know a proper button back yeah. um, captain chair. Somebody wake the captain up. Somebody, yeah, He's somebody snoring again. His coffee's gone cold. Anyway, right. Well, moving along, moving along. Now, obviously, we didn't have a show last week, so we but we did do a mug draw. So we've got two winners this week. Who's got the drum roll button handy? Then we got a drum roll button. 
There we go. Oh, that was a very short oh, drum roll. That was a little one. Uh, oh, it, oh, no. I'm waiting the, for anybody to be ready for it. Two, two, oh, I thought that was the two drum rolls. Okay, so, uh, Flossie, you're going to announce it in a second when the drum roll's going. So, um, over to you, Flossie. Last week's mug winner was the Burke. And this week's mug winner is Infinite Dreamer. Woohoo! Yay! I'm sure the Infinite Dreamer has a mug already. Well, I thought so, but I yeah. don't know. No, we'll have to check with Infinite Dreamer. But if you are the Burke. Yeah. People surprise you sometimes that yeah. they don't have it. You go, yeah. they don't have a mug. They don't have a... Well, if you're the Infinite Dreamer or you're the Burke, please do get in touch. And how do they get in touch and what do they have to do, Flossie? Uh, well, if they um, take a screenshot of themselves in their cockpit to prove who they are and uh, get in touch uh, using... Um, uh, I took part at hotnorbital.com email address and... To claim and give those details of their address, postal address, where it needs to be sent to, and it'll be sent off soon. Yep. Yep. And uh, they, they go out on a regular intervals. I did go into the secret cave of Hutton Mugs over at the uh, Hutton Postal Service while I was there Ooh. and saw them all lined up oh. on the shelf. Oh, I'd love to see that. <laughs> oh, that many mugs. They, they, were, they, they were humming with this sort of energy. Uh, sitting yeah. there on the shelf, yeah. Did you uh, talk- have to wear the special peril-sensitive peril sunglasses? Yeah. There was a, <laughs> oh, they were there boxed. The, uh, I wasn't allowed to open them. Sitting next to them. Ah. There was a holder sitting next to them that was with the frame shift drive running. That's why they were picking up the vibrations. Yeah, mm, and the probably. one col- one left remaining Colonia mug as well. Yes. <laughs> yes, there's one. There's one left. Um, anyway, very appropriate for this week, given the, the week that I've had. We're going to go on to the word of the week. If I hand over to Commanders Chicks and the Apology Officer to introduce Hello. it, word of the week this week is ramfeasled, meaning Ooh. exhausted from a hard day of work. So, if we were to put that into a sentence, certainly. Well, Volcarius thought he was ramfeasled until Alex Zuno reminded him that he'd never done a hard day's work in his life. Ramfeasled. How does ram-feasled. one spell ramfeasled? I am about to copy and paste ramfeasled into it. the... In fact, somebody I'm ramfeasled after the day I've had. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't do it. I don't, have the, I don't have the chat up for this. I'm too busy. I'm in rewards and things like it. that. So, yeah, thank you. Done. Done. So, ramfeasled. There we anyway, go. while we're doing that, why don't I entertain you all with a, a quick joke? What do you call... Uh, we, we don't know, but you never seem to, so... Yeah. What do you call a space-travelling anteater? Jeff. Yeah, Dennis. Jeff. Yeah. Alan. No, you're right, it's Jeff. It's a starred fuck. Uh, <sighs> come on. Get on. Never, never mind. And yeah, on that small oh. mammalian cringe, um, we're, we're now on. going to go off to uh, off to something far better, which is going to be um, Flossie. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? Yes, Flossie. Very dare you. And yes. the CG News. It's
Hello, Flossie here with this week's CG News. Last week there were no CGs, so nothing to report on there. This week we have two new CGs. Establish New Aegis Scanner Production and Protect Deliveries in RAB. Deliveries to the RAB system will help mass-produce a pulse-wave xenoscanner which can analyse Thargoid Titans. Dr. Maximo Fonseca, the Allied Scientific Liaison to Aegis, outlined the initiative. The Thargoid capital ships, now designated as Titans, are the top priority for both military and scientific study. Reaching these gargantuan objects is hazardous since it involves travelling through the maelstrom's corrosive environment, avoiding hostile Thargoid vessels along the way. But even at close range, ship sensors have been unable to obtain meaningful data on their composition. In response, Aegis has fast-tracked a project to modify a Xenoscanner originally developed by Professor Ishmael Palin. This adaption utilises the electromagnetic technology found in pulse-wave analyzers, casting the scanner's range over a much broader area. Simulated tests show that the pulse-wave xenoscanner should be able to identify points of interest on a Titan's hull, but the research effort requires as many pilots as possible to verify our findings out in the field. We are therefore gathering the supplies needed to manufacture the module in large quantities. Aegis will reward pilots who transport shipments of ceramic composites, polymers, gallium and indium, or who protect trade ships bringing vital commodities to Muller Terminal in the RAB system. If Tier 1 of the campaign is reached, the post-wave Xenoscanner will be made available at tech brokers on all rescue megaships. The top 25% of contributors will receive a free Pulsewave Xeno Scanner, which will be placed in storage at Muller Terminal. The campaign begins, began today, the 25th of May, and will run for one week. And if the final target is met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering ceramic composites, polymers, gallium and indium or handing in voucher vouchers to Muller Terminal in the RAB system. Only voucher vouchers handed in after signing up will come towards your personal contribution total. And that's it for this week's CG News. Told you what to do. And now we go over to the Dolphins of News, using the information currents to traverse a galaxy of stories with effortless grace. Occasionally sticking their heads up to squeak at us in an adorable fashion. It's Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon with the Galnet News Digest. Galnet News Update, 25th of May, 3309. Aegis plans to manufacture a new improved version of the Zeno scanner to find out more about the Thargoid motherships, and it needs your help. 
the Alliance's scientific liaison to Aegis, Dr Maximo Fonseca, explained that after all that trouble getting through the Maelstrom's caustic cloud and successfully riding the massive energy pulse, it would be quite nice if pilots were able to gather useful information about the Thargoid Titan hive ship that can be found inside. Existing composition and Xeno scanners are ineffective when used on the Titan, which Fonteca described as a Thargoid capital ship. So Aegis has designed a modified version of Professor Palin's original Xeno scanner, which should be able to identify points of interest on the outer skin of Titans. This will be their second upgrade to Palin's design. In January, Aegis released an enhanced version with a 2km scan range, far better than the original 500m. This third version of the Xeno scanner uses Thargoid pulse wave technology, which will allegedly give it a far larger scan area, while presumably also being tuned and refined to find the sorts of thing that might be interesting about the Titans. There are a number of interesting features already identified, including the large gateway filled with melted cheese that allows interceptors to enter and leave, smaller launch tunnels that occasionally disgorge scouts, heat vents and a carapace with a variety of potentially interesting features. Almost as soon as the Titans were discovered, it was found that careful use of an abrasion blaster on the yellow, red and green surface defects that can be found near the small launch tunnels, the heat vents and on the top side carapace liberates hitherto unknown materials, including heat exposure specimens, phasing membrane residue and hardened surface fragments, all of which are likely to become valuable for research and development of new technologies in the coming weeks. It's surprisingly easy to collect such materials from the Titan without interference from scouts, hunters and interceptors. The Titan makes a low noise that sounds like it's enjoying being scratched. However, for the coming week, Aegis is wanting some rather more mundane commodities, namely ceramic composites, polymers, gallium and indium, and it wants them taken to Muller Terminal in the Raab system. It also wants bounty hunters to protect the traders there, and it will reward the top 25% of participants in both initiatives with a free pulse wave Xeno scanner. Assuming the initiative reaches its base goal, the scanners will become available, presumably in return for some exotic materials, from all rescue ships shortly after the initiative ends on the 1st of June. Thank you, Commanders Beetlejude and Wotherspoon. Now for a change of pace, we go to the blobfish of news. Lurking in a corner with a face that looks like a five-year-old started drawing it, got called in for tea and never finished it, it's over to Mia Harkness with the Hutton Helper results. Welcome to the Hutton Helper Results. The Hutton Helper Results are sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free quarter bottle of Buckfast tonic wine, the Breakfast of Champions. This week we have the following events. The Somewhere Quiet for Piss Up Cup, 
the Recycling Your Empties Tournament, the Buckfast Milkshake Deja Vu Trophy, the Erebolis Charity Shield, the King William 1690 Fortified Wine vs Buckfast Half Your Face Spectacular, and a Wee Joe Baxi Up The Road Award. So, get your carry out for the offie, the Hutton Helper results are Montgomery Python jumped 62,000 light years to come first in distance travelled, and then flew 33,000 light years to do it again. David Bygerbilar sold 15,000 tonnes of cargo, and then Exilidan sold 21,000 tonnes. Rinswin Kimri, Kimri, Rinswin Kimri is top mission runner with 183 mission points. And again with 458 mission points. Alex Zuno handed in 456,456,456 credits worth of bounties and then handed in 555,555,555 credits worth of bounties. Comet Bomb handed in 558 million credits of combat bonds for Lawless with two L's at start, handed in 688 million. And then Dark Virtual destroyed 553 Thargoids and came back and killed another 331. And then Nazgul delivered 2,278 people to their various destinations before picking up another 2,662 and doing it all over again. So, decals this week for David Bygerbler, Exilidan, Aradish, not Aradish, but Aradish, for Cargo Bot, Okayam for Exploration Data Cashed In, Kezenilic for Exploration Data Cashed In as well. That was this week. Please email I took part at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect a your hut and decal kit, which this week consists of a bottle of soup, a permit to push up a close, and a stoner supper. There have been 18 hut and runs by seven commanders in the last seven days, or thereabouts. The Berk, who earlier won a hut and mug, has done two runs, the fastest of which was 1 hour 23 minutes 24 seconds. Hi Joe B did three runs. And the best of those was 1 hour, 23 minutes and 38 seconds. Enzo Wingnut Pacado did their run in 1 hour, 24 minutes and 9 seconds. Steve King did two runs. And the best of those was 1 hour, 24 minutes and 14 seconds. Noddy Clone did a run of 1 hour, 24 minutes and 20 seconds. Then Bandicoot did 1 hour, 25 minutes and 6 seconds. And Torquay Mouse did... Eight runs. The fastest of those was one hour, 29 minutes and four seconds. There is a whole galaxy of stuff out there needing. Latibulated, desalinated, shuggled, taken offline, exploded, launched, verified, motivated, evacuated, unfriended, dejected, manhandled or women handled, smeared, yeeted, deflected, emphasised, fertilised, lasered in the face, snuffled, flip-flop, mistranslated to and from Spanish, Chilled, mugged, ginned, wrapped up with a pretty bow, shipped short, rescued, having their immersion ruined, battered and deep fried, dead drop painted, rolled down a hill, destroyed, bought, phoned in, squeezed, inflated, patched, liquidated, evaporated, smelled, licked, discombobulated, recombobulated. 
head-butted, eviscerated, compressed, enveloped, strained, fermented, murderized with an S, interro-banged, upcycled, violently downcycled, disallowed, re-allowed after consulting VAR, smelted, loved, dipped in lava, mmm, adored, cherished and probinated, and you can earn yourself a very fetching Hutton decal for doing it. To get involved, you just have to go to hot.fothermug.com and download or sign up for the spectacular Hutton Helper, available in three enduring formats. Let's face it, anything has to be better than finishing Sober October and going straight into Can I Remember November? Anyway, that's it for me. Back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mia. And now we go to Amelia Hawke for this week's Gunlet Rares Digest. You are about to listen to Amelia Hawke. She tries all the galaxy's most dangerous rare items, so you don't have to. Welcome, galactic gourmands and rare hunters, to a culinary exploration like no other. Uh, unless you count all the previous reviews, as predictably this week's rare is both edible and dangerous. Today, we embark on a daring and delectable journey to the system Aten, where a particular and perilous delicacy awaits, the killer edible talking treoid. The treoid in various forms has been found on various habitable and some slightly less hospitable planets throughout the galaxy. To our knowledge, and consulting with Commander Witherspoon of the Galnet Archives, he files it all under the Dewey Decimal System, so you don't have to. We've discovered eight such planets across inhabited space. Exactly how the trees have propagated through interstellar space is unknown. But for those that have braved the dangers and chopped one down, then counted the tree rings and found some of the fossilized specimens, they predate human colonization by quite some margin. The treoids are innocuous in appearance, with wide spreading branches, lush green foliage, though on some planets they appear to have evolved different colors to suit the local stars, widespreading root systems, and a gnarled bark that sheds regularly, revealing fresh wood underneath, which ages then falls as the seasons pass. They don't appear to dominate the landscape, and in fact can be found rarely dotted about forests, blending in with their surroundings in a highly effective manner. As they say, you can't see the wood for the trees, and in their case you can't see the treoid for the forest. One of the remarkable features of the Aten edible talking treoid is quite how edible they are. The roots, when boiled, are a perfect staple to accompany fine roasts. The bark makes a delicious travel snack. The sap is sweet and sticky and not unlike the Canadian maple. 
The younger wood is soft enough to be served in steaks, the older wood grated over your foods to add a vibrant pungency. The leaves make a perfect peppery garnish for a salad and the blooms have a fragrance that is quite out of this world. So, you'd expect with a single plant being this versatile and delicious that it would have fallen to predatory hungry animals early in its evolution. But, this tree has a couple of highly evolved defensive measures. Before we investigate these, first, the Epicurean experience. The flavour of the killer edible talking treeoid. I've I've seen served an edible I've been served an edible talking killer treeoid. Tasting platter here aboard an orbiting beluga. And as you savour the first bite, a symphony of tastes cascades across your palate. The flavour is simultaneous simultaneously sweet and tangy with subtle hints of tropical fruits intertwined with floral undertones reminiscent of the most exotic blooms. The fruits possess a refreshing juiciness that bursts forth, invigorating your senses. It's an experience that transports you to the lush landscapes of Aten, where the triodes thrive. The versatility of the killer edible talking trioid extends beyond their taste alone. Discerning chefs have crafted a myriad of imaginative presentations and pairings to complement this celestial delight. Imagine a delicate salad adorned with the triode's luminescent fruit, their soft glow reflecting off the fresh greens. Alternatively, a savoury glaze made from their essence can adorn a succulent cut of interstellar game, creating a harmony of flavours that, that tantalise the palate. For the adventurous, mixologists have even concocted ethereal cocktails infused with the essence of the killer edible talking trioid. These libations dance on the edge of reality, captivating drinkers with their luminous hues and mystical allure. Sip slowly and allow the intoxicating elixirs to transport you to a realm where the trioids sing their haunting melodies. This last part takes us into one part of their unique morphology and evolution, the, the talking bit. Early forest rangers from exploration trips reported that whilst on their forays into the dense foliage of the forests of Aten, they heard a, a whispering. Not a dangerous sounding whispering, but the, the sound of voices. Just, just quiet enough to not be able to make out the words, but clearly human in origin. Following the sound, they swore that as they got closer, they could hear singing and humming and, and music. But once again, not loud enough to make out the details. Then, as they approached the source, and just as they reached nearby earshot, a sudden shout of, Fuck off, you bastard! A loud crack, and blam! A ton of overhead branches turned them from bipedal preambulatory humans into slightly squishy flat splodges on the landscape. Armed hunting teams were dispatched, sure in the knowledge that an unknown assailant was hunting them from between the trunks or, or high up in the boughs, but no one was found. They heard the whispering, they listened to the mesmerising music, they heard the expletive, and very, every single time, reminiscent of a scene from Star Wars of his vicious little Ewoks smashing walkers, someone end up 
ended up as a, a spreadable on toast. Cue the running and the screaming, and from behind them, a mysterious giggling. Eventually, scientists and some extremely brave adventurers wearing hard hats and, and living on the edge of their nerves identified that it was these rare trees that were whispering and singing and, and swearing. And yes, as an unfortunate ventured near enough, the plant was dripping, uh, drooping a limb from above, just the right size to turn people into Mr. Squishy. As for the giggling, that appears to be a signal to the other nearby trees that the danger has passed. After some careful foraging, returning uh, for scientific study in the in the company of quite a number of caskets of, for fallen of fallen lumberjacks, scientists discovered the edible properties of the trees and put two and two together. They aren't luring you in to eat you or, or suck your vital fluids for their own benefit. These trees are hunting you, albeit without walking. The reverse stalking using sound gets you just near enough before crack, slam, one more threat removed. Studying chemical signals from the trees, the same scientists have determined that the trees make a perverse pleasure in whacking you over the head and sending you running. Signs near the trees say, it's a killer tree, try dynamite or a laser beam. Dangerous, um, definitely. Whimsical and comedic in their method of attack, positively. Delicious? Well, without a doubt. First, unveiling the danger. Their melodious whispers can both mesmerize and disorient. One must exercise utmost caution while venturing into the dense jungles of Aten, as the treoids can be quite defensive, luring unsuspecting explorers into their clutches. Where did they learn the bad language from? We can only assume it's from the noises put out by lumberjacks after a near miss. How do they sense approaching danger? It's assumed they detect the vibrations through the ground using their extensive root systems. Or maybe the breeze of you passing against their branches and bark. But their aim is uncanny. Once the fearless foragers have carefully navigated the perils of Atten's wilderness and identified a mature killer edible talking treoid, the harvesting process begins. Using Inja-like skulls, skills, Inja-like skills, Ninja-like skills, distraction techniques involving lob lobbying, lobbing heavy things in the opposite direction, and of course a steady eye on any part of the tree. With a single touch, the treoid Radiant phosphorescent fruits are plucked, bark collected, sap dipped into jar, jars, all whilst ensuring minimal harm to the organism. These mesmerizing fruit orbs are said to contain the essence of the treoid's vocal prowess, encapsulating the essence of their otherworldly communication. The, the rest is, well, it's just tasty. As we indulge in the exquisite pleasure that the killer edible talking treoids offer, let us not forget the importance of ethical consumption. Responsible sourcing and sustainable harvest harvesting practices are paramount to ensure the preservation of this unique species. While Latin may seem abundant with these sentient wonders, we must excise restraint and only partake in a manner that maintains the delicate balance of the ecosystem. 
that and there's a lot of debate as to whether they're sentient. Although that never seems to stop humanity when it comes to salivating over the next meal. During my perilous expedition to Aten, I had a close encounter with these captivating yet treacherous creatures. Accompanied by my trusty guide, Reginald, we ventured deep into the heart of the jungle. Eager to discover the truth behind the trioid elusive nature. As we delved further into their territory, the forest seemed to come alive with a symphony of enchanting sounds. The air was thick with anticipation, and even Reginald, a seasoned explorer, could not resist the allure. Entranced by the trioid's whispers, he drifted closer. His eyes glazed over with a mixture of wonder and bewilderment. Even Reg, seasoned as he was, seemed in rapture to the trioid's call. He was used to hunting alone, not with a Galnet Rares reporter clumping along behind him in big hiking boots and swatting at the various insects attempting to access my vital fluids. As we approached what was what he said was an old tree, he kept turning around and saying, What? I tried reassuring him that I'd not said a word, but he swore I was muttering under my breath. We'd spotted the ancient treoid, a huge specimen with gaps in its canopy and large branches on the ground where it had taken out a passing squirrel after its nuts, or a curious badger. But it wasn't this treoid that surprised us. It was a sapling. Okay, so the trunk was a foot and a half wide, but compared to the behemoth in front of us, this was a baby. Just as poor Reg passed, there was a crack and a splat. And... And that was the end of Reg. The whole sapling had thrown itself on him. I watched in horror as it enveloped poor Reginald, his, his cries muffled by the dense foliage. But its aim was true, and the trunk drove him like a spike into the ground when it hit. With a stroke of luck, or perhaps the treoid's capricious nature, I managed to free myself from the captivating hole just in the nick of time. Dodge out of the way and not get any reg on my nice hiking boots. Oh, and when it hit him, I distinctly heard the tree yell, Take that, fucker! This is Amelia Hawk, and I've now left the system, but I've dodged malicious swearing killer trees that taste so good, so you don't have to. And what's more, I've got a pot of the sap as a little grater with a bit of the bark. So next time I sit down for dinner and think of poor Reg, I can take a small measure of revenge on his behalf. was seamless those trees are evil, evil. <laughs> take that fucker <laughs> oh dear well we, we didn't have we, the script yeah yes well we we um we, we did send eli along to uh to find out some of the things they were saying and he did get us a, a sound sample um or at least uh, paraphrase what it was saying Fucking humans
yeah exactly that's what the trees says you walk past <laughs> you know um <clears throat> anyway well thank you amelia i'm glad you dodged the um the, the, these trees <laughs> that you sort of gladly throw themselves at you take that splat tasty though tasty. Can you imagine just this little, little deer hopping through the forest a bambi bounding through the forest and all of a sudden the tree says right bastard splat uh, poor old reg yeah and they're not hunting you this is the thing. It's no. not one of these ones that's trying to eat you like some of the plants you've you've tried, you know, tackling in the past that sort of send vines out to try and eat you. They're just taking a perverse pleasure in squish. Yep, in squish. Yep. And splat. I'm assuming they sort of root themselves when they land these branches as well. We've not investigated that bit, but... Um, yeah, well, see, that one is one you can buy as well. This is a rare that you can't even buy. They're that rare. Wow. These are These are one of the, the, the rares that are listed in ancient catalogues back from the year 1984 i think um about <laughs> systems but yeah the Aten system does exist and the description does say that it contains killer edible talking treoids so you never know what we're going to turn up next week we haven't found the uh, fat black felines yet I, I i shudder to think what's 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 going to happen with those ones but no oh, mm. thank you once again right it's that time of the show. Have we got anybody in the green room? I think I think we've got a couple of people in the green room. Have we, we have a couple. Yeah. But do we want to drag them in here rather than all of us run upstairs? Yeah, probably. Yeah. We've got a winner. Apology officer. We have a winner in the green room too. They're cheering and clapping and running around with their shirt over their head at this very second. Is that what that is? They really should pull that shot back. Yeah, yeah really. It's, it's yeah. Not, we don't want to see that. No, really. Come oh, on, Kesnick. nobody needs to see that. Yeah. Well, tell you what. Uh, let's. Oh no, no, we've had one person go. Let's grab grab the three of them. I'm going to grab Kesnick. If somebody can get Aiden and uh, Valkarius and and drag them in here. Uh, here we Did go. You... We've got one of them, two of them, three of them. Now, before we start, can we please remind our green room guests to to do the thing with the um, auto sound leveling bit. Otherwise, it's all going to go pear-shaped. So if you haven't been in here before, and I think Aiden and Valkarius have, Kesnick, I think, also has. But uh, if it suddenly gets really, really loud in your ears, you might want to go to Tools and Options and... Uh, God, somebody help me here. Tools, Options, uh, uh, Playback, and turn off the auto voice volume levelling. That sounds plausible. Yeah. And as Valkarius is here, we're going to have to ask Valkarius, have you got the magic button of who talks to who? Um, to whom? And uh, usually you guys do it, so... Oh, I've, I've, I've been away for weeks and I've lost it. Hang on a second. Uh, is here incoming, incoming. Incoming, we there we go. A, we right. do not have a mug winner here. We do have a... No, uh, we have got a decal winner. I got a decal winner, yeah. Oh, Kesnick got excited about that. But first up, we've got... And obviously, um, the usual rules apply. If you've not got much to say, say for the mug and move on. But, um, Amelia, you're interviewing Valkarius. Actually, Whoa. it's Chicks first. Chicks first. What? Oh, oh the top no. line. The little grey's oh, not here. Yeah. Yes, no. yeah, it's always does that. No, little grey's not here. Little grey had. Oh, little, little grey is, is here. here. Yes. Yeah. I'm just trying to drag him. Oh, there we go. So yeah, chicks, you're 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 um attacking little grey. Little grey's gone again. No, he hasn't. I've dropped him in the wrong room. <laughs> oh, for goodness' oh, sake! I'm trying to scroll down. I can't. He's in a cupboard looking at the wall uh, going, why is have you dropped oh, there? There's the little grey. There we go. Is he? For a few seconds, he was in uh, Buzz's banter bus. But... Thank you. I can't say I've ever been in the banter bus before. So, uh, there, yeah. Don't, don't go up the back. The banter bus is cool. So, yeah. little grey, how are you? What have you been up to? 
This evening I fired up Elite and I looked and decided that the CG was too far away, so I made a circuit board instead. <laughs> As you do. That's what um, you meant by PCB. I thought you meant a polyphenol by carbon anyway. So. Um, and what does this thing do? It is... As I think I mentioned last time, it, it's one of those things that I'm just taking 10 minutes here and there to do, usually in not very exciting meetings at work. Um, and it's going to be a control board. So you fancy hot ass, hot ass, uh, joysticks and things. It's going to basically be something like that, that you sit next to your keyboard and you could do your frame shift drive. It'll do your select target. It'll do your landing gear, whatever things you want it to do. Um, I've got a fancy, have that with got a fancy joystick for that. Fancy flip switches on it? It's going to be push buttons for Mark 1, but we'll uh -huh. see how we go. <laughs> um, well, a lot of things in game, and I noticed that I, I read in my bindings this week, um, require... Cause buttons are good for some things, but they require switches, that slide or joysticks or something. Mm. Um, and the game's quite fussy about which it allows you to use yeah there are a few I do still have a throttle so I typically <clears> will <throat> use that for most things but actually there isn't that many unless you guys can tell me otherwise because I have got analog inputs I could play with hmm. but I, I, one thing at a time <laughs> yeah, there's an awful lot you know if you think about um Discovery scanner, full spectrum scanner, camera suite. Yeah, camera you know. suite's a biggie. Camera yeah. suite's going to need its own Galaxy board. Map. Um, Systems because... map's not so bad because it's 2D, but Galaxy map is 3D. So it's it, they soon, it's, it's five. That's before you've added in just flight controls. Then you've so got there's, thrusters. There's a limit with... Uh, I, I don't know if it's with Windows or Elite or DirectX it's, or it's, what it is. It's the game. 32, Direct X. 32 is it, buttons. Is it a 32 button thing? So I, I have made a switchboard with 32 buttons on it. And if you need another one, well, you can have another one and just well, plug it in side by side. Currently, the fifth um, highest voted, most popular, however you want to call it, um, issue on the uh, Elite Dangerous issue tracker. Nice. Well, unfortunately, it's a DirectX limit, so there's not a lot Elite can do about it apart from skip DirectX and manually code all of the inputs for every single controller out there. Yeah, apparently there's some workarounds that people talk about, but I don't want to... It was, it's a pain he asked to do it once, so I've done it now. I've never looked into, or rather I have looked into and went, ah, nah, stuff that. Uh, I don't use that many inputs and I've got a keyboard. So I went down that route mostly, and I could have done that for this. But then if you have to then keybind each button yeah. to a letter, every time you – you can't customise it for each person. It's but just hard I work made, um, with I, a keyboard because if, if it's not intuitive – Yeah. I mean, W, A, S, and D are reasonably intuitive because you do it for other stuff. But, like, where are your ship lights? You go, mm, is it L? Well, you know, yes, because it's, it's, it's obvious. And then you, you then and you then start your landing gears next to it, and you hit them both. The, but the you're on foot torch. Is that L or is it T? Oh, yeah. Oh, T. T's yeah, no. Well, I know it is, but 
Same as it's in for night vision. The point is when somebody's chucking eating grenades at you and you go, Where's my shield grenade thingy? And I'll go, Oh shit. It's on wifey it. yeet. Yes, that's performance <laughs> under pressure. That's what that well, is. Well, I know, but uh, anyway, it's easier with oh oh that's squeeze my little left little finger, it's there. Um, this is kind of what I'm working with. It, it's I, I got fed up of trying to remember what mm-hmm. I set my keybinds to on the wiki board. But my point was, I was trying to say, you, you you can easily make a keyboard, and then you could print the what yeah. it is on yeah. the circuit yeah, board to say what yeah. it is. But yeah. it, then it means you've got to rebind, and if you've got your keyboard and your button board, if they don't agree with each other, Elite gets cross. Now, has so, this got little? Plastic covers. The the buttons are backlit. They've got little plastic covers that you can slide something underneath that tells you what the button is. And when you press it, it come it illuminates more brightly. I want to show that is my keyboard. Sorry, Um, that's the specification. That that could be a one day (laughs) specification, but no, at the moment it's going to be just your normal clicky buttons which you can actually put a, a label in, but I'm going to make another circuit board that will sit slightly offset above it to hide all of the other connections underneath. With programmable colours? Well, you can you could theoretically change the <laughs> the text on it. So He's being evil. The scope layout. creep. There's definitely a scope <laughs> creep. No, no, no. I'm looking, I'm looking at mine now, and that's what it does. Yeah. <laughs> Because there's lots of money in research and development time, and I have got none have of you thought of putting a little OLED display behind each button as well that you could program? Ooh, then yeah. you could call it something like a, I don't know, a, a streaming, streaming deck. I'm I'm a hardware guy. I don't know how to do the software bit. This is the bit that's probably going to cripple this project. So if anybody does know how to do a button matrix inside of a Raspberry Pi Pico, please let me know because I've got no clue. <laughs> Flossie might know somebody, don't you, Flossie? I think I you may know somebody. Yeah, you may know somebody <laughs> called Robbie Wrongway. Or, or mm. yes, yeah. Or, or I, I might lend <laughs> a hand. I might lend a hand if you want as well. We'll have to talk offline about it. The yeah, last yeah. green room turned into gardener's question time. This one's <laughs> turned into programmer's question time. I'm afraid he's out at the pub at the moment. So. Stack overflow. Okay. Yes. But yeah, that that's basically me, and um, I've been generally thinking with the team about ECM and how we can make sure we all hear each other. Um, I just need to make a list of what. We've oh, I've got a box of goodies who... for you. Uh, do let me know what it is before I start printing things. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, uh, now that I'm back from work, I'm actually back all next week, and I will I will pull the box out and I'll photograph everything and let you know what's there, including the radio mic and the induction loop and the all of that bit. Yeah, wonderful. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. And yeah, otherwise, printers ticking on in the background, doing the odd little thing now again. I have a little Type Seven sat on my desk, which is very nice. So I tend to get smaller board game sized pieces, and uh, maybe give those out as part of the raffle in little sets. But um, again, if people are of the tabletop gaming fraternity, let me know what they need to be because I don't. I've never played them, and I think I might make ECM my opportunity to do so. Um, so. If you look up um, Firefly the board game miniatures, you'll see the dimensions oh. of, of starships that I've are used that. in board games. Yeah, Amelia's our resident expert in such things. Shit. 
Scarlet Crate. <laughs> oh, oh dear. Um, yeah. So you, uh, Amelia's. Sure. Are... If it doesn't tell you, then then uh, just let me know because I'll dig out my box and see how and see how big they are. You do what? What what we need is a board game version of CQC, complete with the little tokens you can pick up to to get your speed boost. That's what you need. Now there was there was something That's... I remember from the last ECM at the venue we're at now, or or will be. Yeah, um, it's Collins Miniatures game, isn't which it? will be there. It was that was elite based, was it not? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I had in mind when I was thinking about printing these things. So I, I um, if they're broadly the same size, then it could work really well. Well, we'll have to. So, we can talk to talk to uh, Colin, and he can let you know dimensions of what's uh, used in uh, his game. But he will be bringing it along as well, so you have a chance to uh, sort of sit, sit down with Colin and, and talk miniatures. He probably has one of these machines himself, but um, I feel like I'm talking far too much, and I will continue these conversations on the Discord. So I will say, for the mug, for the mug, who's next? Hello, Volcarius. Hello. How are you? <laughs> oh, doing quite well. Um, so, what happened last week? Because because there was there was only really one seam last week, like a really really big seam. <laughs> the the one where no one was here. <laughs> We think what it was is that uh, that uh, Sean Pond wanted his uh, record back with the shortest show of all time. Oh, right, right. So he was the only one in Studio 5. Yeah, and he locked us all beat out. beat all yeah. of your times with zero seconds. Got it. Yeah. And he's currently the record holder again. A oh, Grand right, Canyon-sized yeah. seam, I think, would be the scale I might go with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> damn it, damn it, Palantir. Um, but the, oh, I've got a question for Little Grey. Did you hear about the old trucker? No, no, I didn't. It, well, it, you might want to know. So, you see, in, <clears throat> an old trucker who caused animosity wrote Amphigury and spoke fabulosity. His pal tried to ban it, but was Calsaracanit, so he yeeted it with high velocity. <laughs> My gosh. That's, so, so now you know about the old trucker. I oh, see. I, I know the coffee Did one. Someone but I feel write like that I'm down. stealing someone else's <laughs> slot. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, you mentioned Yeet earlier. I thought you might like that. Uh, <laughs> um, in any case, yeah. So I'm uh, st still defending the f fragment cannons out of humanity here. Um, and uh -huh. actually, I quite enjoyed the last couple of weeks after the patch. Yeah. Because um, um, uh, yeah, we we had our best best week yet, which was which was actually fifty nine systems, not fifty five, as Atrus has misinformed you. Ah. Um, but I can uh, I can reveal that fifteen of those systems were all us, and um, but thanks to those new Odyssey missions, um, to um, to run out there and switch those bases off and on again. Um, so just commanders at large are actually making really good progress in some populated systems. Nice. Um, not enough to win. Go on, sorry. I just said nice. Yeah, um, not enough to win them, at least not at the moment. But it does take the edge off, because normally taking those systems, it leaves us kind of ramfeasled. So that notion is <laughs> it's, it, it's normally a bit of a velleity, so it needs a bit of a crazier to take them on, I would say. Um, but this lets us, like, if they give us a bit of progress, it lets us drop in there and finish it within a relatively sociable evening. Um, so we, we uh, in addition to um, clearing out 15 empty systems, we also recaptured HIP 1-6 something or other. Or is it, or is it HIP? 
Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, after so, commanders gave it twenty twenty percent or so. Um, but then the um, the part I really like. Just the other day, we were in MCC one hundred and five, um, which is is a bit closer into a maelstrom, um, so it's a bit more difficult to win that one. Why does but that the, system name ring a bell? Um, well, it, it, it was it was recaptured, I suppose. But hmm. or have you have you encountered it before? MCC one hundred and five. It sounds very familiar. Hmm. Well, in any case, those um, those on foot commanders got it to something like thirty five percent. Then Imperial Navy Intervention Rescue gave it a forty percent push. And if you remember, still a Nebula project um, from a few weeks back in the news, they gave it another twenty five percent or so, which is great. We we even had a commander ask us for carrier access to drop off some extra samples, and um, and together we all took it. It was. Great teamwork. That's a great experience. Nice. Yeah, we uh, we drop in there, we snag a Thargoid, probonate it until we're over our like corrosive capacity, Guardilu the excess samples, then give them one more full round of probes so we can jump out just with a, like a titty note more. So Tharg <laughs> is getting probonated, discombobulated, murderized with an S and a Z, manhandled and woman handled. <laughs> I would say. Um, unfortunately, we we didn't have the time to deal with the penguins in MCC 105, though. Um, so, if you have anyone available, that system does still need to be unpenguinated. All right. Well, you heard it here first, everyone. Yeah. Um, question for you, though. Um, so, have have you seen the um, the different like, the list of different types of Titan things you can sell at a mega ship or mm. a carrier? No. Do you have a list? Is it a big list? No, it's only a few. Um, so the, you, you just drop the, if, you, if you just like uh, check your carriers' um, commodities or check a mega ship, I suppose. But either way, in the list of things are Titan partial tissue sample, Titan deep tissue sample, Titan more tissue sample, <laughs> Titan more deep tissue sample, Titan more partial tissue, tissue sample, and Titan tissue sample. So the plain one, I guess. So if we're getting a Titan scanner from Aegis, that sounds like they come their um, uh, those samples come from using the different mining stuff, like the explosives and the drill missiles. I do like explosives. So I think we'll need miners. We'll need to get miners like you in there. Okay, challenge accepted. I'm pretty. I, I, that sounds like it comes from mining. I think you. I think you're up. <laughs> I don't, don't, see, the thing is, I don't do much of the Thargoid stuff. Um, I, I'm more for the Zen mining experience. My main enemies are rock and ice. Well, you, so, you heard you, you heard what well, well, the Jude and Beetle Spoon, the, you, when you mine the Titan, it sounds like it's scratching its back. <laughs> Pet Titan. <laughs> to, to be fair, Zen mining is only one letter away from Xeno mining. That is very true. Uh, well, two that's clever. Well, <laughs> I yeah, wish I but... thought of that. <laughs> this is two letters away. Yeah, but it sounds better with one. And and, and in essence, you got to add two letters and take away one of the letters. So this is well, it's getting further and further a stretch, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> sort of like a, it's, so, it, it's sort of, it's almost like a spelling error in an anagram. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm dyslexic, I'm so all anagrams are a spelling error. Exactly, they're all, <laughs> they're all spelt wrong. 
No, I mean, if they're actually going to have this this thing where you're able to mine the Thargoids, I'm I'm going to well, have to you, check you can, that out. You, yeah, you you can already use the um, the surface one, the abrasion one, um, but I, it, it just looking at the names of those, I reckon that we'll need to use the um, the drills and the, the seismic charges and such. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, an anagram spelt wrong is grown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, how are you? Uh, uh, quite well, um, I suppose. I mean, I uh, it's getting a bit samey, I suppose. I kind of get into the the uh, the sample cutter, uh, drop in a system, probe the Thargoid. Like that's kind of all we're doing at the moment. <laughs> Don't you find that very, you know, zen? You know, the whole repetitiveness and chill of space, and you know, you're imagine. in the void. Um, well, not really, but we do take pot shots at scouts. Ah. So the, when they go so, pop, it's quite satisfying. So do you usually have what one ship that goes in and, and collects while several protect it? Oh no 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 no. So we the you get a whole wing full of cutters. You just get imperial cutters. Yeah. Uh, you put the big shields if you got them, um, and various boosters, and you take some regeneration beams. Um, okay. So you can just sit in a circle with regen beams going. Then you, um, if you, so what we, <laughs> this is in flux a little bit. Um, we had a little bit of advice from uh, what um, Stellar Nebula Project found, um, is that actually you can do it with scouts just as effectively as with a cyclops. Um, so the, uh, but in any case, what we have been doing is with a cyclops, we drop, uh, we, we find a planet, like uh, where you can land. Um, but we don't land, we drop uh, like just above where you glide. Uh, we need, they basically get low enough that you don't get a swarm. Then you wait for a cyclops, and then when someone gets a cyclops, you all pile in, and then you just all probe the cyclops in a, in a, in a while, while regenerating everyone's shields in a circle. He chose Noah, a righteous and blameless. And um, the good thing about having, if you've got, family, sorry, I'm, I'm trying to stop myself from saying something that I really shouldn't say. We know exactly similar to, but also different. So the, if you've, um, if you've got at least three commanders, um, so the, the trick is, well, half the, the efficiency is keeping the cyclops around, uh, which obviously one commander can keep it around, but then you've got no regeneration. So you need two for regeneration and keeping it around, uh, which means if you've got three, so one commander can go back to the to the carrier, and then that's one of the more efficient ways to do it. Some scholars suggest you always have two in, uh, two um, at the planet and one, and one taking samples back to the carrier. Um, whereas, um, yeah, we've um, we've got a little trick now for um, if we're going to do a scout run. And we have a way to get only scouts and not an interceptor, or, which is um, not technically true. Actually, the interceptor is 20 kilometers away. But the yeah, the we've got a little thing we can do to um, to get just scouts on us. So, which means we can just drop anywhere. We don't need to worry about swarms then. Um, so we will be clearing systems that way for, uh, for the moment. I got my confidence back. That sounds really cool. Three, he had a positive impact on my relationship. Four, so, um, anything else you'd like to add? And number five, 
I save money. Uh, no, yeah, I'm, I'll just, what well, if there were, I've there talked for a while. I'll just go with that, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for the show. Hail the Empress and for the mug. For the mug. Thank you very much. And Commander Raiden. Are you there? Hello. Oh, he's got his head in the bucket. Hang on a second. Turn you up a tiny bit. How the blazes are you, Commander Aiden? Oh, I'm fine, thanks. How are you? No, oh, not bad, not bad. But I'm I'm at the end of this list. I'll, I'll I'll do my bit at the end. So, what you been up to? Anything fun? Um. Well, I was down your neck of the you know, your home base last weekend, uh, and out on the water. I'll be doing the same again this weekend. Uh, and then I've got uh, a week of being down. Down at down at the parents, um, sort of starting the eleventh of June, or thereabouts that weekend. Um, yeah, take, but, taking some time away from stick time and and floating in boating and um, then yes, e eating all the food in the parents' house. Well, it's more looking after the parents. Ah, right. Than anything else, um, but yeah. Um, I mean, I've not have not got much stick time recently, largely because I'm just, I know, I'm just taking a break, I suppose. Um, oh, you're just waiting until we've got all the guns, and then you, then you, you can come in with the, the big medical freighter and give him a dose of what's good for him at the Titan. Yeah, um, that's probably that's probably one of the things. Um, I've been half tempted to try some of the. Um, the on-foot anti-thargoid stuff, but just have gotten good. around to it, really. That is very good. Oh, yeah. So, some of the pictures uh, we, we've seen from that are um, spectacular. It's I a bit more of a challenge. The face. You got what? Fly, yeah. Flying thargoid poo in the face? Yeah, I got lasered. No, I got lasered um, in the face. Lasered. Oh, they they shot him in the face. Oh, right. Shot me in the face. Well, not me, but... Um, yeah, just other careful. than that, life continues. Um, the, uh, the 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 Legend of the Five Rings campaign had its first fatality this this last game. No, uh, roll the natural one. No. Nope, not in the slightest. Um, Big bad kicked off the, uh, the f kicked off a, a fight with a. If I win a contested roll by a a point by a, by enough of a margin, you're dead. Um, however, uh, Big Bad didn't quite realise. Oh yes, you've you're actually got a degree of destiny. So the various shenanigans means that option one. It sort of works, but not really. It strips a few bits off of you. Option two. There's room in this grave for you. Ah, right. So they're that old adage of never split the party unless you're the big bad, in which case you can split them in half quite easily. Well, it was more the... Um, the, the party wasn't split. It was the big bad went, I'm going to use a big cannon to start things off. And... My member of the party went... Okay, you're using the big cannon. I'm reflecting it back at you. So, one member of the party down, but the big bad also went, 
Oh. Ow. That smarts. I'm going to fall over now. Yeah. Well, they, they, they do that when you reflect their, their, their big stuff back at them. But, um, well, so, sounds like you're having fun with uh, fun with that bit as well. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's it, really. Um, no... Uh... Well, p- ping me as and when you... you uh, or to remind me, because uh, I, I wasn't counting the dates well enough as to when you're down this neck of the woods. And uh, we'll, we'll have to go and find a local watering hole and uh, enjoy a bevy. That sounds like a great idea. I will... I will definitely ping you when I when I am down for uh, looking after the parents. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's just um, for for the uh, the inestimable mug. For, for the mug. Oh, now it's me. Uh, how are you doing, Case Nick? Ah, not too bad. Good. You been doing anything interesting? Um, it it. Def- Depends what you find as interesting. Um, I've actually been spending a lot of time still stuck around Sagittarius A. I can't seem to escape the black hole. Oh dear! <laughs> Is it pulling you in? <laughs> uh, yes, I think I'm stuck in its gravity field. Yeah, this is certainly a big thing, isn't it? It certainly is. But, well, that but sucks. on the plus side, it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, on the plus side, I'm um, while I'm there, I'm just scanning all the uh, flowers and trees and things like that. And um, Vista Genomics like to pay me a lot of money for it. Mm, nice. I'll have to go out and do some myself sometime. Yeah. I even won a sticker this week. All right. Yeah. You did win a sticker. I won a sticker. Brilliant. Get me an email in and I'll get it sent to you. <laughs> Not a problem, Mia. I'll send it you in. Fire it in and I will get you. I can send it straight to you. We don't need to wait on anybody else. Once I know it's you, <laughs> you'll have your sticker. I'm definitely me. Okay, that's oh, fine yes. then. Or you were when you woke yeah, up this morning. Confirmed. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> yeah, and of course, the Hutton Decal Kit, as described this week by the Apology Officer, consists of. Do you remember what it was? That's the thing. I do. Um, I, think I can remember at least two of the things. It was a bottle of soup. A, a permit- soup, which is the that's the the name for a um, that's the the slang name for a, a bottle of buckfast. Uh, permit to push up a close, which is I'll pass I, I'll pass that to you. You you have permission to push up a close somewhere, and uh, a stone or supper. Um, apart from the the uh, colloquial local language version of what a stoner is, he's uh, an actual. The actual thing is a pork sausage wrapped in kebab meat, battered and deep fried, and because it's a supper, you get chips with it. Mm. Mm. That sounds so <laughs> Scottish. Yes, it is. I'm hungry now. <laughs> and it looks suspiciously like a Hutton decal as well. It looks suspiciously like what chicks blasted onto the surface of Eden earlier. <laughs> Only with a couple of Scotch eggs. Yeah. So I'm assuming there was um, a lot of book fast consumed <laughs> last week. Then we were well. We were um, no. It was a uh, national. Was it national or world book fast day at one point? And we just went for that and went. Oh, okay. World book fast day. That'll do. Galactic book fast day then. So <laughs> yeah. I don't even drink. I don't even you, know what it is. If you smell Buckfast, you so, don't So, Flossie, why. you don't know what Buckfast is? Well, there's a mission mm. for ECM. <laughs> it's, yeah. yeah. Well, should, apparently I'm should... bathed in some or something. 
<laughs> that was a homemade stuff. That was a bathtub breakfast. Um, if I can steal my nerve and actually go into an off-license and buy it, I will bring you something to try. Oh, why? Does it not come out of the taps in Glasgow, then? <laughs> we don't have taps. What's wrong with you? Yeah, they've got wells. They just sort of plunge the bucket in to get, you know, yeah, some more buck first. No, the, the, the taps of whiskey and iron brew, you can't have a third tap on your sink. That would look weird. <laughs> whiskey and iron brew. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, no, I should bring some. Are you going to? You going to? Um, I ECM? am. Yeah. Yes. What about you, Kesnick? You going to ECM? I can't make this one, unfortunately. Oh, no. Uh, yes, right, work commitments. That's okay. I'll drink yours here for you. Mm-hmm. Or or Flossie will. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I have it, actually tried it. it. Have you? I've never tried it. Is it? I've heard it's very sweet and syrupy. Uh, it's very sweet and very, very potent. Yeah, but like oh. yeah, well, it's a fortified wine. I mean, it, it's like cough medicine. It? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's made by the ECM. monks. It's made by the monks of Buckfast Abbey. Oh. Well, we've been to the Abbey. Mm. I've been to the butterfly farm there. I've been to the off license. The otter sanctuary. <laughs> The Otter Sanctuary? Yeah. I ought to go there. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) There's a video on my YouTube uh, that I took when I was at the Otter Sanctuary and the Otter's Kiss. Oh. It's very adorable. Okay. And then you yell, get a room, you two. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't know Amelia was an Otter Spotter. (laughs) She's a Otter. Not an otter spotter. Not an otter spotter. I will tell you that. Not an otter spotter. Right, we're back on back on track. (laughs) Back on back on track. You 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 were grooming the Kesnick. Kesnick, Kesnick. Oh yes. Yes. um... (laughs) Where were we? Where were we? I forgot. I'm still stuck at Sagittarius A. Oh, that's right. You're Sagittarius A, aren't you? That big hole in the in the middle. So, uh, How do you plan on getting out? That's the that's the important question. Mm. Uh, I don't actually know if I want to. Oh, right. Just, it seems safer. Know. The fl- the flowers round here Almost don't want to kill me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a a good plan. Well, not yet. I ran over some fruit exer the other day, and it might be a little bit angry. Oh, especially if it's like those trees that Amelia's been playing with in the last uh, in the last <laughs> week. Yeah. 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 Well, I was skirting around on my SRV on one planet, and I ran into uh, a tussock that decided it was going to flip me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice one! <laughs> so I tussocks. couldn't drive over it. It it was a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> a flipping tussock. Yeah, they're dangerous, those things, those tussocks. Mm. Yeah, they can be. They can be. Lots of spiky little pointy bits. Oh, yeah. Right, yes, that's me. So I will just say for the mug, and thank you very much for the show. No, well, thank you for joining us. For the mug. Right, uh, Litho, quiz quiz the apology officer about anything anything new. So, Mia, spotted any good otters recently? No, I haven't spotted any otters. Not a lot of otters. Otters, otters spot a good spot. Four? Probably. 
Yeah. So what, what's new with you? Uh, I have had a go since update 15. I've not had a lot of time playing the game, to be honest, but I did manage to get in and have a go at these uh, on-foot uh, Third Guide power-up missions. Oh, yeah. Uh, they are a lot of fun. They genuinely are a lot of fun. Um, I know, uh, like, uh, Lewis Knockers, has, he likes to fight his way in and fight his way out, but I was sneaking because mm-hmm. I just wanted to see if I, I could, because I'm a bit scared of them. Yeah, but I, I, I think Loose Knockers misunderstood and tried to power up the Thargoids, and when he yeah. shook the power controller in the wrong place, they got upset with him. So Yes, yes. Um, yeah. So I've been managing, I've managed to sneak in and power up a few bases and things like that, and it's quite good fun, but you really need to be nice careful, one. because the, you need to be careful where, where they go, and I would advise getting the getting the suit with, um, with soft, uh, was it yeah, soft? Quiet footsteps. Quiet footsteps. And definitely night vision, because with night vision you don't need to put a torch on, so you're mm-hmm. much less visible. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So great fun, absolutely brilliant fun. Um, and I mean, you have done a lot of kind of power up missions, so it adds a new wee dimension to power up missions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I met people last week, uh, and then I I did stuff last week, and that's me. And you them met up. people and you did stuff people. and missions. Wow. This yeah, yeah. I met uh, I met them and went for went for food. I met uh, Vantian and Psycho Cow and Simuth. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Don't worry, you, you will get over it with, with a good it, it. It, it. it. It was worth it for the food, it really was. For, for the hoverboard. Good. Yes. And well the hoverboard was the night before, so we didn't have yeah. to carry it through food. Uh, <laughs> that but, makes sense. Um, yeah, it's, it would have done because it would have done me as a wee, a wee side table. But uh, yeah, the hoverboard's lovely. I just need to speak to someone and find the best way to hang it on the ball now. But I, I know somebody that I can go to for that. Nice. So that's me. It's just a for the mug. For the mug? Bit mug. So, Amelia. Hi. Explain yourself. Well, for the past. I don't know, 10 minutes or so, I've been researching the best size for Little Grey's miniatures. And I have determined that 28 millimetres to 32 millimetres are the average. I am literally writing these down right now. In in Firefly, the um, Serenity is... uh, It's all four four ships, and then you get the... um, What's the Navy ship, the police ship, the Interdictor or something? The Interceptor. Interceptor, yeah. I can't think there are any others. Yeah, there's there's, there's like... the Reaver as well. Yeah, there's the Reavers. You have the the big Alliance capital ship. You have the Interceptor, which is the bounty hunter ship. You have the... In the board game. This is the board game, yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. You have ago. like four different Fireflies... To yeah. choose from, Serenity is one of them. But then mm. there's extra fireflies, like the 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 larger firefly class. Um, you have special ones called. There's like Jet Wash. There's uh, it's maybe been updated because I, I don't recall any of that. Well, no, they're all expansions. Ah, I got you that there. And then you also have the the junk dealer who dismantles other ships mm. and collects their parts for selling on. Got you. It's been a while since I. Uh, I well, they they they've got a revamp coming. They're re-releasing it with all of its expansions Ooh. for oh, a limited one... time. I think it's like in a, in a few weeks, actually, it gets okay. released. Um, and yeah, I think it's you have to pre-purchase it or something. I think somebody got 
tired. I won, I think, five games in a row one night, and uh, don't think we played it much after that. <laughs> I'm surprised you managed five games in one night. It takes me a whole day and night just to get through one game. Well, it might have been five games on the trot, and then we, we stopped playing it after that. I was going to ask, what's the playtime? I'm getting dirty looks here. Well, that depends. <laughs> the the playtime can be as quick as a couple of hours. But okay. um, we've had games that just don't end. Yeah. There, There's a few uh, missions that just they don't end until the group decide that one person has won, which, of course, never happens. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, a, it's great. It's, it's a great game. It's one of those, game. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's good fun. But yeah, I mean, um, 28 millimeters to 32 millimeters are the standard, the average. And are these um, printed are they to scale? white metal? They're, they're resin. Okay, um, so they're I think resin. the ones in the Firefly game are like 28 millimeters, but on average, most board games have 28 millimeters to 32 millimeters. Obviously, the bigger that you make them the more detail you can put in them hmm. but they, they also did on firefly they also did like box sets of the uh miniatures themselves so you could actually paint your own miniature in the colors that you want and yeah quite a few board games you can buy white metal um miniatures and then as you say paint them up too yeah so you can have your own firefly rather than the just colored plastic ones yeah, little grey. The uh, the relative scale tends to depend on the style of the game. If it's just a marker to indicate your position within the board or the universe, they're mm. not usually to scale. If it's uh, an active combat game, then scale often matters for line of sight and things like that. So then they usually are. I think that makes sense. <laughs> um, I guess it's a case of how much to scale if you've got a t7 and a t9 because the t9's flat and round it'll print quite differently but mm -hmm. under the 32 millimeter and arguably the the t7 will look chunky and the uh t9 will look like a dinner plate it's... yeah and then you, you try using an apex taxi and you realize you've got something that's uh sort of two mil long yeah. do we actually have the actual scales of the miniatures Oh, we know the relative yes. scales of the ships, yes. Wait, uh, sorry, the yeah, the ships. Yeah. If you know the scales of the ships, you can always do it one 285th of the size of the actual ship. Why that? Because that's what it, the average modern combat miniature is. So if you've got tanks and stuff or, um, you know, armies um, yeah. on a miniature scale for a board game or whatever, it's usually one 285th the size of whatever it is. Who uh, decided and... that, I wonder? It's probably based on a 28mm miniature for your... The thing is, it's yeah. different. If you're doing naval combat, it's one six hundredth the size. If you're doing railroad, it's one two hundred twentieth of the size. Yeah, naval, I used to do one to twelve hundred. So you, you get more sea. <clears throat> yeah. Ships are a lot bigger than tanks. Double O scale is one seventy six. I'm desperately trying to think what my old Earth Double O seven six foot two. It depends on but the if, manufacturer. If you Google board game miniatures size, you get all this, all this detail. 
Then you get into the double OHO dilemma. Oh, no, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, aside from all of that, you know, my week has been looking after Sandrine with her burnt foot. <sighs> hmm. <laughs> so it's not been much of a week. <laughs> Well, the thing is, if you're doing to one to two eight five, then the anaconda would be point seven meters long, though. Just checking. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe ships are um, what about one scary big. Um, yeah, a third of that then, approximately. Oh, half of that then. Yes. Still, um, what, it's still um, thirty centimeters long for an anaconda. Yeah. Well, the T T seven I've got on my desk is eight centimeters long, so it's basically. Not big enough, or too big for a board game, but kind of a bit too small to sit on pride on your desk. Mm. Mm. It looks cool, though. Well, that's the important thing. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I will leave it at that and say, for the mug. For the mug. Um, Is it me? No, no. it's Vante and to Flossie. Oh, hello, Flossie. Hello. Yeah, what have you been up to? Who have you panned this week? Uh, not panned anyone. Oh. <laughs> Solved. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I've not done anything in the least, I'm afraid, this week. Oh, well, well maybe next week. We'll, we'll be, take part in the CG. I, I, might, I might, well, I don't know. It's with the Thargoid thing, I don't know. <laughs> well, no, it's just transporting common or garden goods on this it's one, true, isn't it? Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. yeah. Good yeah. old-fashioned truck. I might, I might do it, but it's for a Thargoid weapon thing, isn't it? Or whatever. So, I'll see. <laughs> All right. But I've been playing the, the other game that I play. The, the other one, yes, the one with the pandas mm. in. Yeah. Yeah, that one, <laughs> yes. Not the aardvarks. Yeah. No. They, they, they haven't done an Aardvark <laughs> expansion yet. You should suggest that they do an Aardvark expansion. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Aardvark yeah, warlocks. They're, they're getting there. They've got mole people now. Oh, dear. Oh, yeah, they have, yeah. In this underground place. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Actually, I haven't been in much of the, um, the later area this last week or so. I've been loving all the lower characters. Oh. What happened to the good old days of just your elves and dwarves and halflings and uh, humans and that, that's it, you know? I know I came across somebody from a guild I used to be in and uh, he always plays a tank. And, He's a um, old man now. He, he, always in, he always used to advise me on where to put my talents and stuff like that. And uh, anyway, I didn't see him since well, we, I left the, that old guild after mm -hmm. an argument with the guildmaster because she wanted to go raiding and I didn't. But because I'm a healer, I didn't realise the impact it had on the guild. <laughs> Apparently, Oops. they didn't oh. do much after that because they had no healers. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was the opposite, as, as I remember. <laughs> I did want to go raiding, so I, so, I, so I did and made loads of progress. And they were, they were no making progress outside the guild, and I did. And um, oh. th th they were a healer down as well. So, yeah, but this was many years ago. Oh, yeah, this was actually. <laughs> this, I've, this been, was, I've been playing on my own since. So. This, was, this was pandas years ago. Oh, it's, I think it's in, it was even before the pandas. Yeah. Because anyway, yeah. Anything else to add? Uh, don't think so. I might. I say I might do this CG this week. I'll see how I get on. 
Yeah, well, we'll see you in the uh, the top tables next week. And maybe you'll get you earn your hut and decal for yet another commander. <laughs> ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I have to find one. Hasn't got one first. <laughs> I don't think there is. <laughs> anyway, okay then. Well, for the mug. Mate, is it me now? Is it me? Yeah, yeah it's you. Know me. Yay, checks. How you doing? Very good. Excellent. Anything to add? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just just coming into uh, this 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 planet. So, oh dear! So I'm coming in. It's about to go into glide. Oh uh, no! I've been uh, gliding. Busy. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. Sitting astride a massive gun, just like share. Well, I wasn't sat aside. I was standing on top of it. Um, oh, okay, that's different. Yeah, the 153 pounds was 153 kilos, which of course is the Mark Eight eight-inch naval gun. Oh, is it an eight-inch naval? Gun? Oh, no, no, no. We we've got sixes, which are. Uh huh. Um, it's a hundred weight shell. Is that so, is that the Mark Twenty Three? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a it's a hundred and twelve pound. It's a it's a hundred weight. So it's fifty fifty one kilos anyway. Oof. Still going to ruin your day for Lance. Well, they used um, the shell room in a in a. It was on BBC, and I can't remember which series it was. And they had some young man in there pretending to be an HMS Exeter, which of course was an eight-inch cruiser, and he's just he's humping the uh, the shells off the shell carousel onto the hoists, and of course, one <laughs> they're made of fiberglass, yeah, because <laughs> they're dummies. <laughs> And the other one, he's supposed to be an HMS Exeter, and he wouldn't be doing that with a 153-kilo shell. No. 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 Anyway. Not unless he was the Hulk. No. So two weeks ago, we, we were shut for an entire day, um, and they put green screen on the inside of all the bridge windows, and they were filming in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Henry Cavill was was there. The actor. Was he? Superman? Yeah. And um, the Witcher? But I don't know what the the film was. I don't know what they were making. But they they, they had there were various bits of the ship on Wednesday, and then the whole of Thursday the ship was shut, and they were mm. they were filming. So we'll have to. Did they don't need an oily man in overalls to walk around. Be a bit of a, a rusty man in overalls. Uh, bit of steel wool hanging at his, his chin. Well, no, it's I'm in summer rig now, so the overalls. It'll be the, are... the mystery of ungentlemanly warfare, I'd imagine. <laughs> <laughs> the overalls are rolled up in a. I was going to say that. Is that the overalls for the shorts? Uh, well, they are shorts and a polo shirt. Yeah, it, it, it looks like... Uh, here we go, yes. The Ministry of Ungentlemanly Warfare. British military recruits a small group of highly skilled soldiers to strike against Nazi forces behind enemy lines during World War Two. Could it be that? Oh, is that Henry Cavill? Uh, yes, as a Guy Ritchie film. It could be, but I'm wondering, why would you be on the bridge of a cruiser? I don't know. don't know. Could be. I mean, don't know. Depends on what role he's playing as well. I mean, if he's yeah. the main character in it, it seems like possibly he's on the bridge to speak to somebody. Don't know. We, we, we get a lot though. It's, it varies. They want to use various bits to uh, to film, and yeah, we get the no no noise. Oh, shit! How am I supposed to get get this? There's you with it with, rust, with, with, with a big rusty spanner and yes, <laughs> clanging away. Yeah. A Mark Twenty Three naval gun in one hand and a spanner in the other going. But, but. Yeah, I know. It, uh, it gets a bit restrictive on the odd occasion. Usually, when there's a conference or something in a particular one of the big company areas. No. God. No noise. Oh, shit. 
So define noise. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're in Test London. Test yes. firing a six-inch gun count. Yeah. Uh, well. No noise. Well, you just shouted, so, sim- you know. Simulated fire. We had one cool thing the other week, though. Um, over um, the coronation weekend, all uh, yes. thir- we had 34 um, Dunkirk little ships. Um, oh, I saw them on the telly, yeah. And... Uh, the the lock at uh, St Catherine's only opens. It's open, or rather, it's in operation two hours either side of high tide. So mm. uh, I was I was packing up one day and sort of I think it was six or eight of them must have come out of the lock together and they all poodled up the river together as all flying yeah. the little uh, Dunkirk jacks as they're known. Nice. That's another word that needs to be used more along with yeeted. Poodled. Poodled, yes. <laughs> Um, and we've got a Finnish mine layer alongside at the moment. So the Finnish uh, a mine. modern one? Uh, well, it was built in... Well, a mine layer, it shouldn't be really. Well, it's, but <laughs> it, she was commissioned in 92. She had a major refit in 2006. So she's, yeah. She's in That's good nick. She's, she's well yeah. looked after when you... Apart from a couple of big dents in the side. But, so you're going to try, try pronouncing the name of it? Uh, Harmonima. Hamanima. Oh, oh that yes. is Hamanima. Easy, yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of those er, home port is a mouthful as well. It's like, and the the, yeah. the French mine sweeper across to the south also has been up and about. Yeah, she was there the week before. She was still there on Saturday. In fact, they wanted to stay an extra day and they couldn't. They weren't allowed to because the did Finns you see, were. Did you see the Finnish one was a sweeper or a layer? A mine layer. Yeah. So she's got one hundred and fifty. Um, mines. It was, it was brilliant, actually, because yes, yesterday they were setting up for, uh, they were having their big do, their sort of big port, in-port do. So they'd set up some, sort of like, uh, what are those things you put over a barbecue? Um, a, um, Food? I can't remember the name. <laughs> no, over the top of a barbecue. Not a, not a steak? Not a pergola. The, 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 the structure keeps the sun off. Or no, like an awning. On a, on a boat, we call it a bimini. But uh, anyway, put the gazebo? Bim- yeah, that kind of thing. So they've got one of those on the, on the after deck, which is sort of a big flat like helicopter deck. And they, when they came into port, I noticed they had a mine, you know, with the horns sticking out of it on the back <laughs> of the ship. And the, and the, uh, it's like an old type, you know, Second World War type mine. Yeah. And then I was watching him getting ready for this uh, this do, and the the mine sort of opens up, you know, like a like a cocktail cabinet open, like the globe opens up <laughs> the top, and these hydraulic arms come up and they start filling it with ice and putting the beers in it. <laughs> oh, only in Finland, yes. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, they came along with like, ten cases of beer and started filling it up with ice. <laughs> it was the beer cooler. Right. That's fantastic. Well, it is fitted with one fifty-seven mil dual-purpose gun, two twelve-point-seven mil machine guns, one yep. eight-cell surface-to-air missile launcher, two anti-submarine rocket launchers, two depth charge rails, and one hundred and fifty sea mines. Imagine yeah. that! Imagine that going over the side and somebody realizing what it was. <laughs> she, she, she's got the fifty-seven there. She used to have twin forties. Um, yeah, uh, we've got six of them. Hey. Yeah, they, they got they got ref, he got refitted a couple of years back. Yeah, 2006, I think. Yeah. The 57's got a high rate of fire, though. So, well, there you go. 200 rounds a minute from a 50, from six pound gun. Uh, the full burt noise, yes. From a six pound gun, 200 rounds a minute. That's, That's something else. 
Imagine the cool, the, the barrel cooling. That's a lot of brass. Yeah, it is. Well, it's a shame um, it'd be sunk wait. by a submarine instantly. <laughs> well, Baltic's fairly shallow, but it, and it's got the two anti-submarine rocket launchers on board. Yeah, she's she's anti-submarine rocket launchers and the depth charge launchers. Well, he, she's she's quite a jack of all trades, actually. She's um, yeah. when you look at the aerial, she's clearly a, an electronic warfare intelligence gathering ship as well. Well, here you go. Did you know it took over the role of the flagship of the Finnish Navy? Ah, so it? it is the flagship of the Finnish Navy. There you go. Yeah, very good. It's it's one of a two. There were two of them. There were two vessel class. Yep, mm. which is named after the Hinima. Yes. Yeah, Not the enema, the the hem enema. It's funny the the range from sort of smiley faces to like really odd looking blokes that you wouldn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't nudge in a pub. Anyway, for the mug. Excellent. So Dave, how's Dave Con going uh, along? Wait, <laughs> The, the the event that will no longer be, henceforth be known as Dave God. Yeah, coming coming along very well. Um, sales are, sales are still ticking along. We're not doing the big promo things. We've only got a few left now. So I think we're down to or sub fifteen uh, spaces left. I think there are a few more this week uh, went out. But uh, with the time between now and then, we're, we're we're just sort of taking it easy. Let them soak up the people who are making late decisions. Um, yeah, the AV stuff's coming along. Working with a little grey on that one over the next week. Uh, getting the raffle prizes together, um, working out uh, what what computers are going where, what gaming we're going to get up to. Um, I was talking to Mister Cow about some of the racing games we could put on on the uh, the steering wheels and you know, pedal setups, which we've got a few of three of coming along. So we're going to have definitely some three player racing if we can find a game that all three computers can run um, without needing uh, yeah the latest graphics for the latest Forza whatever. Um, so yeah, we, we, it, it's coming along nicely. I need to talk nice. to the hotel next week again and start talking to Chef and remind Chef not to use the Galnet Rares cookbook <laughs> for fear of killing everybody. You know, no fugu. Um, but yeah, we're coming along nicely. But other than that, bit away with work. Lots nice to be home. I think that's about the size of it. So it's a it's a for the mug from me. For the mug. Uh, bringing up the tail, tail gutter um, position, then. It's mm-hmm. me, for Litherbreaker. How are you? Keep going, Litho. I'm um, seven, 73% on my last uh, paint job. <laughs> <laughs> What's that, well, about six minutes? Yeah, six minutes? Yeah, I got all mine, no. <laughs> me, 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 I'm basically ramfeasled. <laughs> yeah, w- so, so am I. ridiculous. <laughs> In the last, was it been since Easter, six weeks, mm-hmm. I've had three and a half days off. And oh. I've worked something like 160 hours over and above what I would normally do. Oh, heck. Wow. <laughs> I've been to Hamburg twice. Wow. And this time last Thursday, I was on an Apex taxi on my way back from Hamburg. Tip for mm. you, don't try and get a flight out of Hamburg airport on a bank holiday. No. The app will tell you for the airport that the queue at security is 17 minutes long. Oh, heck. <laughs> the queue security goes all the way through all those wiggly woggly barriers across the entire front of concourse and past mm-hmm. all of the check-in desks wow it took more than 17 minutes <laughs> yeah quite a lot more oh and yeah. apparently at hamburg airport they're very sensitive to you shipping five kilos of chocolate because they think it might be plastic explosives oh, and they will you're pull joking. you aside and check your bag 
Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> it, it, it was only ten bars. Where? What? I'd, I love chocolate. I hate to think that thought it was anything nasty. What well, kind it, it of looks, chocolate? Looks like it. Mm. It's uh, Maribou, the brand. I never and heard of it. Do, it's, it's a Swedish, Swiss, Swiss brand, I think. No, Swedish brand. But, oh, no. Uh, we, I can't find it in England, and it is rather good. Mm. If I get out there again, I'll bring some back for ECM so you can have a try there. Oh, that'd be nice. Flossie's going to be blotto. They do like six or seven different flavours of this stuff, and uh, the other half um, rather adores it. So um, mm. I brought back some of everything and a few spares a of bit, the ones we know we like. A bit of flavour. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there were so many bars in the bag. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sounds good. Oh, um, Nat, um, I don't think I've uh, I don't think I've been in game since Easter, sadly. Oh dear, no. I, I've only been in today yeah. to get a CG stuff. That's all. <laughs> because and I I, <laughs> I had to do the actual forum post today because the Kate's usual fellow one of his face. So that's apart from the Facebook events and all the other stuff that I normally do. Yeah. Well, but that's oh, why you're the queen of the community goals. In fact, I sat, I sat I sat down t- uh, about quarter to eight tonight, and mm-hmm. I shut my eyes. And I thought, no, if I shut my eyes, I'll fall asleep and I'll end up living. <laughs> 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 so I forced myself awake again and got online. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that this weekend I won't be working. But I've been mm. hoping like, the last couple of bank holiday weekends as well, and it hasn't mm. panned out yet. So uh, we'll see. Oh well. Hope so. Yeah. I'm just glad I'm retired. I know, sorry, I keep going on about it. <laughs> no, I'm, ju- oh. I'm just jealous of that one. <laughs> uh, Other than that, uh, I've had a car explode. Well, I say explode. Oh, uh. just, just, just bits of the back end fell off when it went in for its MOT and they had to spend six days trying to get the right parts for it because apparently you can't get the parts for anything anymore these days. Was it made these out days, of so. or something? What was it, a Model <laughs> T? Yeah, it's they broke <clears throat> it's a Hyundai. Ah. Hyundai, oh yeah. Uh, it took it took them six weeks to get a side window for my car. <laughs> yeah, this mm. was uh, some weird bits of the suspension in the back end, which, with it being a Santa Fe, which it's an mm. SUV, it's not an off-road vehicle, but it's an SUV, so they're pretty rugged and pretty reliable, and the suspension never goes wrong. So okay. when it goes wrong, there's ain't no spares available. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. I know we had to get a new running light for our this car, so yeah. uh, that was fun. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, um, no, other than mm. that, I think it's probably mostly just a for the mug from me. Oh, okay, thank 90%. you. Well, well, look, thank you mug. very much, everybody. Lovely to speak to you all. Lovely to catch up. Um, as is usual, the uh, the green room week happens at the end of every single month, so the next one will be in. Well, four, four and a bit weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, uh, we're looking forward to seeing more people then, or you all back again. Other than that, um, yeah, we will be back next week. I will be back next week, pushing the buttons. Yay. 
because yeah. um, it, it's a half-term week and exhibitions don't happen in half-term, so I'll, I'll be working from the home office and not away from home, which will be fantastic. Home when office? You, you mean so well, no. Yeah, well, yes. Oh, no. Not, not working. Oh, no. Not working for her. Um, the one reminder for the end of the show, for, for those of you listening, um, there is a monthly um, charity drive going on on the Hutton Facebook page as well, where there are some rather excellent models um, done by Commander Cully, and uh, every single month, um, he tots up everybody who's chucked into his charity tin on the justgiving.com slash team slash Hutton Truckers model giveaway page for the charity page. And uh, if you chuck in um, a tenner in any given month, you go into the draw and he's got a magic wheel of awesome that spins at the end of the month. And then he has sends out these glorious 3D printed and painted and mounted on stands models, or at least the, the, the Type 9 was the, the one that he sent me because uh, I, I won last month um, but of course the good bit is all the pennies go to charity so so far having done this he has raised let's have a look 275 three... sorry 275 uh, I'm, I'm I'm reading 305 here oh it's gone up since I last looked at it then well there you go uh, yeah. yes there's uh, Farragut for the win and uh, yeah, there's a whole pile been in the last few hours. So if you're interested in winning a, a huge uh, model of a Farragut, beautifully painted, uh, made by Commander Cully, then all you have to do is go and be generous to charity. Um, the you, the money is being split between Hearing Dogs and Special Effect, and you Links can actually choose choose which one of the two. I think when you hit the donate button, and um, yeah, chuck the money in, and everybody who's chucked money in in the month goes into the draw. Um, so yes, a good way of raising money for charity, and you might end up with a super spaceship at the end of it as well, which is not for game playing size, just in case anyone was asking. Mm. It's more for going ooh and shiny at kind of size. But uh, Maybe, yeah, is it compared to a banana, yeah, it, it's at least four bananas, even the one ton uh. bananas. Well, it could be a little bit, maybe maybe two and a half bananas. I, I can't really see. He has, he has 12, a, 12, 12 inch. We'll have to ask Cully to put a banana for scale in the next picture he puts up, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so chuck in, join in, and you might get a Farragut at the end of it. There you go. But you're not doing it because you get a Farragut. It's because you could donate money to charity. So there you go. Um, that's it for this week. Before I sort of start thinking about the buttons, we have to issue a warning about what's about to happen next because uh, we do tend to round off the show with Amelia being very, very, very loud indeed. So if you are of a sensitive disposition or have got delicate little ears or don't like shouty people, delicate. then you may want to take your headphones away from your ear, take the earpiece out um, for the next, yeah, the next little bit, just in case. Um, we'll give you a, a few seconds warning. Anybody else got anything else before I, I give Amelia the, the, the go-ahead? No? Great. Amelia? For the mug! For the mug! Never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading up the teen house to the brim with grace. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Father Mike, Father Mike, 
seems to crash into the sun. Swivel X the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads us well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody yells. That's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you 